The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. start today with symptoms of TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. How to recognize TDS? I mean, I think this is something we all need to be aware of, right? Walking down the street and all of a sudden you go, damn it, I have it. I have Trump derangement syndrome. I, I, you know, you don't want this to sneak up on you. You want to recognize those subtle symptoms So when they start happening, maybe you can seek treatment immediately. I don't know what the final stages of Trump derangement syndrome bring. I'm not sure. I believe it's probably death. But there are probably are cures along the way. If you catch it early, and that's the key, spotting it early. So I figure we spend a couple of minutes discussing the symptoms of Trump derangement syndrome. One symptom we know now is gaping bullet wounds in your extremities. What? Gaping bullet wounds, holes does that ha- does, does it in come your arms and legs. And automatically just shows up? No, no, no. They're self-inflicted. So you shoot yourself. Yes, that's right. 69-year-old Mark Bird suffers from Trump derangement syndrome and has taught us that one of the early symptoms are self-inflicted gunshot wounds to your arms. Mark Bird is a College of Southern Nevada sociology professor. He's been there many, many years. He was found bleeding recently from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the bathroom inside the Charleston campus K building. Yes, he suffers from Trump derangement syndrome. He was found about 8.15 in the morning. This is August 28th, the second day of classes. He has been so distraught over President Trump, apparently he decided to take a 22 caliber pistol and shoot himself in the arm as a form of protest. Such a wuss. What are you, what are you talking about? A 22. In the arm. A 22. Yeah, see, this shows me he wasn't really that interested in hurting himself. No. He was interested in gaining some sort of sympathy yes. as a protest. Let me see with what can I use to hurt myself that really doesn't, sh- mm-hmm. like, messes my arm up. Right, exactly. Because if I'm him, I'm like, what, nine mil? Something 42. Some other part I mean, of the body. 45, you know. Right. Yeah, so he there it is. He's been there for 30-some years, and he's, like I said, he's 69. He's um, a faculty member, and uh, they said that they caught him or found him stumbling out of the bathroom. He collapsed because of the wound to his arm. Oh. Again, the 22 caliber <laughs> wound. Um, again, he uh, was doing this in protest of President Trump. Now... Uh, let me uh, let me help you out here. <clears throat> Protests that don't affect me aren't that uh, aren't that affecting. It can no, affect me. No, they're not. No. See, they don't affect me, so they're not going to affect me. That's that's how this thing works mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. See, if you're on the left and you're saying you don't care, you people on the right, you don't care about your fellow human beings. You're so filled with hate. You have no love. It's just about hate. 
So let me do something that will not affect you and try to get you to care. See, you've already stated, I don't care. So how is doing something that I don't care about going to get me to care when you claim I don't care? There seems to be a flaw here. Seriously, guys, I will shoot myself. Oh, my gosh, he's going to kill himself. No, no, I'm not. You shoot yourself in the head. No, 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 just the arm. Oh, my gosh, with some large caliber. No, 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 just a 22. You see what I'm saying? So, first of all, it's a failure that you're trying to get me to care about something I don't care about when your whole objection to my existence and what I believe is that I don't care. Okay, got it. And then you try to, what, gin up some sort of, like, shock with a 22? That seems like yet another failure there. Then, on top of that, you're protesting this and hurting yourself. Chris, I look at this as uh, not being all that different to the people that go on hunger strikes. I have put the food out there. You're welcome to it. Have a great day. No, no, no. I'm not eating this out of protest. Okay. And what does that... If you stop other people from getting food, if you shoot somebody else in the arm with a 22, now we got some protest. Because I got to tell you, 69-year-old Mark Bird, sociology professor at the University of Southern Nevada, you can shoot yourself all day long. It's not going to affect me. I mean, I, I wish you wouldn't. I wish you were a little more stable. I wish you didn't have TDS. That's, you know. But if you really want to shoot yourself in the arm or the leg, if you want to shoot yourself again today, if you want to use a larger caliber bullet, I, I'm fine with all of that because I believe in those core principles of America. And if you want to harm yourself, Mark, have at it, buddy. Go ahead. I stand behind you. I'm just saying in the future, if you want to offer some sort of protest, get somebody on the the right behind you to care, well, maybe you shoot somebody else because then I'm going to care. Now, I don't even think the left is going to care that much. As a reaction. He used a gun. Well, well, no, exactly. So here we're two weeks into this. The leftist news didn't cover this at all. Why didn't they cover it? Um, see, because he didn't shoot anybody else with the gun. Exactly. And Mark seems a little unstable and they really don't care all that much about mental health. Mm-hmm. That's not their issue there. So we now know that one of the symptoms, the early stages of TDS is gaping bullet wounds to the extremities that are self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Yes. If you find yourself today <laughs> reaching for a 22 caliber handgun and aiming it at your arm, I want you to pause if you have any ability to do so and say, wait a minute, this is not me. This is the Trump derangement syndrome talking. That's what it is. And immediately call 911 and report yourself. Just, you know, I'm getting ready to shoot myself in the arm with a 22. Now, likely they're going to go, yeah, it's a 22. They're they're likely not going to respond in like an emergency type way. It's so serious. They'll get to you after they get to the homeless guy, you know, you know, uh, on the corner. Right. Messing up with people. Yeah. As soon as they get the guy who's screaming at the clouds. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to you. It's just a 22. Don't worry. Is it like even a 38? No, no. It's just 22. All right. We'll get to you eventually here. Don't worry. You're on the list. No worries. (laughs) We got to get a cat out of a tree first.
There's a missing dog down on Elm Street. <sighs> so if you find yourself in that situation, it may be Trump derangement syndrome. Now, if you're at work today, then you see somebody walk in, stumble in with a 22 caliber bullet wound to their arm. It could just be Trump derangement syndrome. Yes. Right? Yes. So yes. that's one yes. way to do it. Now, there's a little more to the story that's pretty interesting. Um, when they went in the bathroom, they, uh, they found a $100 bill taped to the mirror. That's weird. Why is that weird? Why would you put $100 on the mirror? Uh, it said, for the janitor. Oh, my gosh. No. He, <laughs> he paid him to clean it. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. Now, there's a problem here uh, from a leftist standpoint, even, okay? You're doing this, why? Because you feel bad that the janitor is going to have to clean up yes. the blood and everything? Yes. The thing is, you didn't ask the janitor. Oh. Maybe the janitor's going rate for cleaning up blood is $200. Yeah. Maybe it's 1000 What's his rate? Maybe it's a million. Maybe he wouldn't be willing to clean up your self-inflicted twenty-two caliber bullet wound to the arm mess even for a million dollars. But you're assuming? By the way, I'll clean up blood for $100, just oh. on the record. Yeah, me too. It's probably not even going to take 100 but since it's out there, yeah, 100 seems to be the going rate. <laughs> right, you're... You don't know what this guy's going to do. Now, I'm sure the janitor probably appreciated the, the consideration, but maybe you check with him. Hey, Steve, apparently I'm suffering from TDS, and I'm getting ready to go into the bathroom and shoot myself in the arm. Oh, my gosh, with a 45? No, no, just a 22. Oh, okay. See you later then. Now, I'm just concerned about the blood. You're going to have to clean this up. Um, yeah, okay. How about like 100 bucks? You might just want to have that conversation with him first. And then there's another failure, Chris. Mm -hmm. Let's say, let's say you, just for the sake of argument, okay. just to put yourself in this situation. Got it. Let's say you're a student and you hear this gunshot go off. Mm -hmm. You don't even realize it's a gunshot because mm -hmm. it's just a 22. Mm -hmm. But then it determined, you determine it is in fact a gunshot and you see a professor stumble out and collapse from a 22 caliber bullet wound. Collapse. Anyway, and they call the ambulance and whatever, and the police are on their way, and you walk in the bathroom following the trail of blood, and you see a $100 bill taped to the mirror that says, for the janitor. I'm the janitor at that point. So you're going to self-identify You're going to clean it up? No, no, I'm not cleaning it up. <laughs> I'm going to clean up part of the mess. If there's blood on the bill. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to clean up the part with the bill yes. that's in the way of yes. the mirror or whatever, but I'm not going to clean No. If there's $100 on the I'm mirror, taking that 100 bucks. I'm sorry, that $100 is not going to exist. No. What I $100? Mean, when, when the police question you at the hospital, you're like, well, I left the $100 for the janitor for your... I'm sorry? The $100 I taped to the mirror for the janitor. No. No. Sorry, we didn't find $100. That's that's how the thing's going to play out. Yes. I think there's a lot of people that may not leave the $100 for the janitor if they wandered in and found the $100 on the mirror. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> Wait, there wasn't $100? You know, um, it's possible that I may tape like a five up there. <laughs> Are you, no, you didn't leave a hundred. You left a five. Let me think. The only reason, well, the only way that happens is... If somebody knows there was money taped to the mirror. Yes. yes and yes. I'm going, a hundred? It's a 10. What are you doing? It was a You don't know a 10 versus a hundred? Come on, Pete. Actually, I think it was a $1 <clears throat> bill, dude. 
That's what it I'm, was a one. I don't think which I thought. I mean, that's that's insulting because that's not even fighting for fifteen. <laughs> that's a minimum wage. <laughs> Dude, that's what I would do. I would, I would replace the one one hundred dollar bill with a ten and a five for the janitor, and then put hashtag fight for fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yes, uh, gaping bullet wounds to the extremities, obviously a sign of Trump derangement syndrome. That's likely what's going on here. That's funny. I mean, seriously, you, you, this is on you now at this point. Yes. Sir, if you are willing to shoot yourself in protest with anything, you this is you now. You're crazy. This is this is where you're at. You're going to cling to Trump is what? What, what do you follow that up with if you're this professor? So imagine the professor's laying in the hospital today. I'm sorry, he's not in the hospital. It was just a 22. He's at home having been released. I don't even know if they actually took him to the hospital. No, they were like... The medics came by and they're like, oh, it's a 22. Let me wipe that Nailed off. It. Do we? I mean, we don't even need gauze. Does someone just have like some Band-Aid. scotch tape from Band-Aid. Marge's office? <laughs> can, can, can we get some Menian Band-Aids out here? Yeah, just, you know, kind of lean to the other side so the blood doesn't leak out. Give him a lollipop. <clears throat> I think you're good. <laughs> On their way, like, 22? No, no, it's cool. You're good. <laughs> so imagine he did happen to go to the hospital or something like this, and you, you, you talk to him, and you say, Mark, you shot yourself on a protest at Trump. Why would you do such a thing? He will, Trump, okay, yeah, okay, I got it. It's about Trump. What about Trump? What is he going to say at that point? That that makes sense. Trump did what? That warrants shooting yourself at work in the bathroom. What, what do you put in? Well, you know, he's got that senior Trump administration official that wrote that op-ed piece to the New York Times that may or may not be real, that we know about because of the intermediary that we're just supposed to trust, that we're supposed to trust the word of the New York Times. You know that. Okay, yeah, what about that? Well, his... He's unstable. Wait, 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 wait. Well, hold it. You shot yourself in the arm in a bathroom because Trump is unstable. Because he's mentally unfit. You shot yourself and you're saying Trump is unfit. Do you see what I'm saying there? You lose a little bit of credibility to call out the president for being mentally unfit when you are obviously mentally unfit. This is... Uh, what is policies? What policy makes you go, that's it, damn it, I'm going to the bathroom with the 22? What policy is it where you're like, okay, I just can't take this anymore, 22? What, what is the flowchart reaction? You know, you go, reaction, shoot yourself in the arm with a 22. What's, what's the cause that warrants that effect? What's the other side of the chart? What did he say? His reaction to the storm? his stance on what, separating children down on the border? Let, let's say it's that. You know, they're ripping children out of the arms of parents down on the border. Okay. And you shooting yourself at the 22 does what? When you do that, the minute that you pull the trigger, trigger and that 22 barely even pierces your skin because it's a 22 barely just leaves that little scratch kind of grazes grazing mark when it does that at that moment suddenly children are put back in the arms of their of their parents it's like watching the tape 
They give them their kids back. Here you go. They take all of those kids that are not actually in cages and release them. Is that what happens the second you shoot yourself? There's nothing that warrants this. You are crazy. So that's one of the warning signs. And I figure maybe it's probably just a good uh, kind of a public PSA. service if we just you know talk about this this morning. Are Sounds you comfortable good. with that? Because I'm very comfortable. I'm guessing a lot of people have already learned stuff here. Oh, 100%. Okay, so I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll get a break in and we'll come back with some of the other warning signs of Trump derangement syndrome on this The Morning Blaze. Your attention, please. We are the number one show on the planet. The president said so. You're listening to The Morning Blaze, the number one listened to show on the planet. I'm talking billions and billions of people. Believe me. Believe me. See? This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Get some tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Likely people learning things about Trump derangement syndrome and oh, some yeah. of the early warning signs of TDS. Yeah. TJ Topping saying, I'm going to shoot myself with heroin in protest of illegal drug trafficking. Oh, wow. That is always a smart move. Always. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a good way to express yourself. Uh, DMXCM saying, you know why TDS professor didn't shoot himself in the head? Why is that? Because it wouldn't damage anything useful. <laughs> He shot himself in the head. He's going to be just fine. <laughs> Daniel saying, everyone forward this tedious story of the guy who shot himself in protest of Trump uh, to Trump. I want to see Trump's response. Yeah, what would be Trump's response to this? Oh, let me think about that. <clears throat> Keep up the good work. It was the most tremendous shooting. His his blood was the bloodiest. It was the most tremendous amount of bloody bloodiness ever. Listen, people who've shot themselves over me are far better than the people who've shot themselves over past presidents. That's what I'm guessing, something like that. Uh, The other James saying, first sign of TDS, Mm -hmm. SMWs. So many words, lots of words, lots of words with it. You're right. That is one of the early warning signs. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at Real Chris Cruz. WaxRx, the system is waiting for you at usewaxrx.com. If you go to usewaxrx.com, follow the instructions and order your WaxRx system to make sure that your ears are as healthy as possible, that they are cleaned out of all that earwax and the gunk and the buildup. I got to be honest, before we started doing the, use, the uh, WaxRx system commercials, I didn't realize, I never thought about it, all of the other things that exit your ears. Gerbils? You, you no, no, not like Cockroaches. that. Not for most people. Oh, like I mean, you got the earwax oh, that builds up, hair and skin. That's because the inside old. your ear canal has what's that? It's because you're old. No, nope, even <laughs> I have increased hair exiting my ear. Actually, it's just growing there instead. <laughs> but everybody has a little bit, a little bit. Stands firm. Y- you know that you've got skin inside your ear canal. Yes. You know you've got some hairs in there, whatever. I just never really thought about it, but that stuff flakes off and just like the rest of your body does. And it has to exit. Well, with the earwax, um, that stuff can get built up in there and you got to make sure that stuff's cleaned out. 
it's probably more significant than you realize. In fact, if you use the WaxRx system, you'll realize that pretty quick. Go to usewaxrx.com and, or, or and order the system today. It'll be shipped to your door for free if you use the promo code RADIO. It's usewaxrx.com. Three-step system designed by doctors. It's cheaper than going to see a doctor, get something stuck in your ear. Or, you know, it's safer than cleaning your ear out by sticking something in it like you've probably been doing all these and years. Q-tips and going there no Not more. supposed to do no. that. It's WaxRx at usewaxrx.com. IGR15 saying you have to have TDS to know what is in it. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. You don't really know the warning signs until, until you, you have, have to. It. You have to get yes. TDS before you know the symptoms of TDS. Yes. You know yes. what? Um, as crazy as that sounds, I'll bet that's true. I'll bet that's that's absolutely accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Libertarian saying signs of TDS, and she quote tweets the Washington Post tweet about another hurricane is about to yeah, batter I'm gonna get our to coast. That. I'm going to get to that later. Okay. I'm going to yeah, don't share that yet. That's that's, okay. that's going to kind of ruin what I'm going to talk about later. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Actress on actress violence. What is that? That's another warning sign of TDS. Hmm. Actress on actress violence. Susan Sarandon tweeting out, I think what he's done while referring to Trump. Uh, that is the most significant is that by no unintentionally he's energized, you know, by making it clear the way I mean, in all fairness to Trump. Yeah, she's kind of stammering there. But anyways, got to this stuff was all laid in place over the last 12 years. I mean, this didn't just suddenly happen. I am so confused. Yes, that's right. Because she makes no sense. Makes no sense. Okay. But then gives him credit for energizing women and minorities to get out and run for office. (laughs) That was, she goes on to say, Democrats were losing thousands and thousands of seats and all these things were put in place. People were being deported and there was many, many wars, but he is so bumbling and he is so, he's like a character out of a cartoon or something that you cannot be aware of what's going on. And Bernie Sanders proved you can run without taking dark Wow, this is just uh, so many words and so many words that uh, don't actually make sense. But in this, you can glean one little bit of info that she was basically praising Trump for for getting women and minorities to run for office, Mm, saying that, hey, these women and minorities have been energized Mm -hmm. because of him to stand in opposition to him. Okay. Okay. So she puts that out there. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Messing, another <laughs> anti-Trumper, and others went off on Susan Sarandon for praising him. Oh, wow. Actress on actress violence. Legit. Well, it's not actually violence yet, but in their world it's violence because it's it's hate. So it's automatically violence. Deborah responded, STFU, Susan. <laughs> Shut the F up. The front door. Shut the front door up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty bold. Right? That Just, is really bold. And she it's put, in all caps, right? Right. Oh, please. Yes, let's give Trump credit. I mean, how much are you able to walk out on the street? Can, how much are you able to walk out on the street, Chris? Uh, I just did it this morning. No, but did you walk out onto the street and just went yes. about it? Yes. Well, you're not a woman, though. True. Are you? You're not? No. Okay, no no, no changes yet? No, not yet. How much are you able to walk out on the street, convince yourself that that 
that, that, this catastrophe of a president who you said was better than HRC is not ripping children away from parents seeking asylum holding children. Mm. Does that make any sense to you? No. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Seriously, what what did that... Is uh, not ripping children away from parents seeking asylum holding children indefinitely in internment camps with their new policy destroying all attempts to protest our, protect our environment. Yes, the water you purported to care about endangered animals taking away women's access to health care and legal abortion trying to block poc from voting with extremes and that's just the beginning of her twitter barrage against susan sarandon and then susan sarandon responded so they're both clearly in the middle of the early to mid stages of trump derangement syndrome we'll continue next the morning blaze with doc thompson on the blaze radio network Okay, so all I'm getting out of this is that Deborah Messing was really upset and went on a Twitter barrage against Susan Sarandon for left-handedly praising Trump. She yes. didn't did say Trump's a great guy. I supported him. She was like, well, you know, he did one good thing because of by this. being such a bad, yes. horrible person. Yes. Women and minorities are now more engaged and out there running for office in that. That's not really a compliment. No, it's a, it's a backhand compliment. Yes, exactly. It's not really a good... You think Susan Sarandon, who is crazy leftist, which crazy. is redundant, do you think she's like, you know what? It's better we have him because more women are engaged and out there running for office now. So she would rather have Trump because of that. Is that what Deborah yes. Messing actually thinks? Yes. No. It's, it's, and it's, by the way, this isn't even silver lining for Susan Sarandon. No. She's not like, well... Let's find a silver lining here. No, it's a slap in the face. Well, he's been so horrible to women and minorities, they're finally standing up. It's an insult to Trump. It also shows how triggered Deborah Messing is. Yes, this is Trump derangement syndrome. This is the early signs. Triggered. Yes. She sees something that says Trump did this and it's nice. Oh, Trump supporter. No, no. Right. No. I mean, her her tweets, by the way, and we'll retweet the first one because it was a, a whole string of them. And again, so many words and multiple tweets. That's not the place for it. <laughs> Shut the F up, Susan. Oh, yes, pl- please. Let's give Trump credit. I mean, how else are you able to walk? How else are you able to walk out on the street, convince yourself that this is a catastrophe? The punctuation is almost non-existent here. There's random capitalized words. Um, it, it's just bizarre. It's just a rant. She mentioned judges who will support gerrymandering efforts, not to mention destroying all goodwill. All of it, Chris. Mm. There's no goodwill left. Mm. An allied relationship across the globe. Oh, and let's and lest you forget Syria, Crimea. And putting pro-Russia agenda before, all caps, the United States' best interest. Yes! Do I go on, it says? Yes. 
Okay, by the way, um, you're kind of getting all over the place here. Uh, Syria, Crimea. Those things didn't happen on Trump's watch. No. Crimea? Hmm. You know, Obama could have stood up to Russia. Yes. Right? He could have. Not only did he not stand up to Russia, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do because there's more at play here. But they're like, oh, Crimea, you know, and uh, what about Ukraine? (laughs) Right? I mean, seriously, these were... These were Russia advancing their agenda. Russia, you know, Trump, or excuse me, Obama could have stepped in and said, Russia, you got to back off. Yes. Get out, get out of Crimea. Get out of uh, Ukraine. Yes. He didn't do that. So was he pro-Russia by allowing them to do this? He didn't stand up for him. But now that's Trump's responsibility. Yes. Right. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I got that right. Just, okay. I don't know if she knows that. Then she goes on. By the way, this she's not done. Only a self-righteous narcissist would continue to spout off and not, in the face of America's pain and agony, be contrite and apologize for your part in this catastrophe, but you do, Susan. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that means. What is that? (laughs) Susan Sarandon responded. Debs. Oh, Nice. What what what's that, Chris? Debs. What's that? Nice. That's a poke in the eyeball, isn't that it? That is a poke. Okay. Just You're making poking. Sure. Yes. Before you get yourself all self-righteous, try clicking on the video and listening to what I actually say, not Variety's clickbait headline, which by the way has no quotation marks. That's a clue. She's right. Because Variety says, and by the way, Variety's headline on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Was not all that Susan Sarandon is pro-Trump. No. It says Donald Trump has, if anything, inspired more women and people of color to run for office, says Susan Sarandon. Yes. That's really obvious what she's saying there. Right? It's it's pretty obvious. It didn't say Susan Sarandon supports Trump. No. Giving him some extra little credit, loving on him. It's pretty obvious what she's saying. Has... If anything, the if anything's a little bit of a clue there, too. I can't believe I'm saying this. Susan Sarandon is not the craziest person in Hollywood. No. If you asked me 15 years ago, name the top 10 craziest people in Hollywood. Susan Sarandon would, would be on my top five list. Yeah, you got Madonna. I wouldn't even have to get to 15. No, Madonna. She would, <clears throat> Madonna wouldn't even be. Really? At that point. Oh, no. Over the years, Susan Sarandon has been the craziest with this leftist crap. Susan Sarandon is actually just run of the mill now. (laughs) Deborah Messing has vaulted over that pack. Deborah Messing, by saying all of this and this barrage of tweets, has actually said, "Uh, hold on there, Michael Moore. Slow down there. I'm going to have to step in front of you on this. She went, who's the, from the girls, uh, uh, the really, the one who was uh, touching her sister when she was little and has the TV show, or the uh, series oh, Girls. Oh, man. What a really hideous woman I've. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. She's vaulted Lena Dunham. What about Rosie O'Donnell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this steps in front. Name somebody, name, name another crazy Hollywood person that, that, read the tweets. She makes no sense. Meryl Streep. Oh, far. Oh, yeah. She's uh, Rosie's crazier than Meryl Streep. The Broadway chick we play like on Monday that called for Jumbo Booth to kill President Trump. Oh, 
two different scenarios. Okay. Yeah, Deborah's more crazy. This woman's just senile. Carol Cook, yeah. Carol Cook, she's senile. That's okay. all it is. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole aging, you can't factor in. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'd have to, a few more tests. I'd have to study that a little bit Chelsea more. Chelsea Handler. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We have a contender. Ooh. They're at least right there. Now they're in the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. No, these two are further than Kathy Griffin. No, damn it. No. Those three. There's your There's your three. That's your trio? Yeah, I'm going to have to study this a little bit more. Can you think of anybody else that even comes close? Uh, well, Sarah. Sarah Jessica Parker? No, she no, no, no. Say. Sarah, the comedian. Oh, Sarah Sullivan. No, she's not as bad as them. No. She's nutty. She's actually walked it back a little bit. Okay. Hers is in. See, there's all these varying objections to him. Mm-hmm. And then there's the extra crazy of just not even understanding a headline. She's so triggered by this stuff that in, in Variety, which she probably realizes because that's an insider. It's a, an industry <laughs> magazine. She sees Susan Sarandon inspired more women or Trump inspired women. Susan, you see what I'm saying? It seems boom. I just have to go on this barrage. She mentioned gerrymandering. Come on. You're going off in this uh, gerrymandering. That's (laughs) what does Trump have to do with gerrymandering? He has nothing to do with this. He's not any committee to redistrict any state. These things have nothing to do with this. And they ran out of almond milk at my local Starbucks today. Trump. I mean, that's what she's doing, except she didn't say that that's succinctly. It was like, and almond milk today, Trump street with shoes on and rain and ran out and soul of our country. What? It's just all just flooding in there. She's got all emotion and rage and crazy. And it all has to get through that same bottleneck to get out. Through her little twittering fingers. It has to it funnel in there. She's so crazy she can't even... It just... You gotta just spew it out there. That's how crazy she is. And then you got, of course, Kathy Griffin, who, by the way, that's another sign of Trump derangement syndrome. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. Kathy Griffin, what is she So, doing? So far, we have the... Um, uh, gaping bullet wounds to your extremities as one of the warning signs. Then actress mm-hmm. on actress uh, violence. I'm going to go ahead and say violence because they would consider this violence. And then I have to go with a failing career. Ooh, Failing career. Loss okay. of opportunities is another sign. Okay. Uh, Kathy Griffith uh, said she can't get a Netflix special because... Um, she had the audacity to share uh, that a Netflix executor told her that because she had Chelsea, that because they had Chelsea Handler, they didn't need another woman. Meanwhile, Norm McDonald has a Netflix talk show. I know. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so good. Right? Oh. So they didn't need it. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about Norm's in a minute. But I think this is a sign of uh, Trump derangement syndrome. No, it's a sign of you're not funny, so people are not going to hire you. Yeah, I mean, we know why she didn't get the job, yeah, but I'm saying the funny. reason she thinks, but the oh, fact yes, that she yes. thinks this is Trump derangement center. Yes, now, yes. she didn't specifically mention Trump there. However, no, no. she mentions Chelsea Handler, yes. and she's one of the other, I guess, the trio now, right? Yes, okay. she's a trio. And we know Kathy Griffith will not give up the Trump thing. 
Oh, she just did all kinds of stuff. So I think that's probably another warning sign right there. <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> wow. I, I, I feel kind of bad for Deborah Messing. Why? Dude, this, she's, she's the same one in that group. Of those three? Yes. Really? Yes. She's the same. If you, Kathy Griffin, Chelsea Handler, and Deborah Messing, the same one. They've all cried. No. They've all broken down. Do you remember Deborah Messing crying in her car and stuff? Yeah, doing the virtual march. Oh, that's right. She had the virtual march. I'm going to sit right here, drink my coffee. See, that's why I say that she's march. the less crazy. Because Kathy Griffin decapitated the president. and Chel- in, Yeah, in, and, yeah in, in a photo shoot. In effigy, yeah. Uh, and Chelsea Handler was just uh, going all crazy and tweets every time he tweets. She's the same one. She just sits in her car. And just chill. No, no, but I think she's crazy because she thought she was protesting. I don't think she was like, mm. how can I say I'm a part of that? That would be you and me, mm. right? Okay. That would be you and me. We would go, no, no, I'm joining you with this process. We'd come up with some BS line like that. She really believed it. She's got that kind of entitlement thing, too, where she's like, no, no, I'm actually helping out. What are you talking about? So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's what's going on. I get the tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned. Let me get a quick break in before I do, though. i got to warn you. Uh, about what is likely going to happen, what is coming in your life if you don't take care of yourself. If, Death. if you're, if you, well, I mean, that's coming for all of us eventually. But let's say you're 25, 30. Mm-hmm. If you don't take care of yourself, what is coming is this right here. Ooh, I don't want that. <clears throat> exactly. And I'm already at 28. Thank you. Do what you got to do now to get those vegetables in your oh. diet. You know you have to eat those vegetables or this is coming. This is it. You don't want this. Trust me. Nobody wants this. Somehow when you're 25, you know old is out there. You know it's down the road. And maybe you can't visualize it, but you you always have time before you get to old. Yes. That's what's in your mind. You're always like, ah, it's coming. And I get to 30, 35. I even got to 40. And you know old is coming. And then... Wait a minute. What is this? I got a waddle now. What is waddle under my chin? What is? <laughs> and this stuff starts happening. Old does come. Stave it off as much as you can by eating right and being healthy. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. You're going to be happier. And eating right includes getting those vegetables in your diet. The problem is it's not always easy to eat those vegetables. We have a busy life. It's not always easy to eat right. And then, of course, vegetables aren't as good as eating donuts. Most of us recognize that. So there's an easy solution. Go to BrickHouseDoc.com. BrickHouseDoc.com. Order Field of Greens and uh, get them into your diet. All you have to do is take a scoop. It's not some sort of weird extract or snake oil or something. It's actually just vegetables in a different form. And if you mix it with the liquid, it's easy to get them into your diet. You just drink it down. You're good to go. You can mix it into water, orange juice. Heck, you can put it in your coffee if you want. A lot of people mix it into a smoothie. That's awesome, too. It's a good way to get vegetables into kids' diets, too. You're, you're getting all of that goodness without actually, actually eating in the traditional manner. Just go to BrickHouseDoc.com. Order today. It's Field of Greens. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. I love the invisible challenge. I love it. Absolutely. It is 
arguably the greatest thing the internet has ever brought me. And I mean, there's a lot of things like porn out there that, I mean, it is the, one of the greatest things it's ever brought me. I love it so much. It's fun. It's, um, entertaining without being political. It's none of that. Or so I thought. What do you mean? Or so I thought. Chris and I stumbled across this new show on Netflix, uh, Magic for People. And we talked a little bit about the original video where this guy scams people into making them think they're invisible. Magic for humans. What did I say? People. Okay, Magic for humans. Excuse me. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And uh, it's just a fun little silly escape, whatever. Well, I didn't realize it that so many people would enjoy this and then try to recreate it, but they have. And they've tried to recreate it in their homes with their children, other family members. The guys in the video are probably stoned. I think so too. Because you're like, why would you believe this? Especially the white guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is counterintuitive. You know, you'd think the black guy would be the one that's stoned, but no, I think you're right. The black, (laughs) it's more obvious the white guy is right. (laughs) Anywho. So, uh, Loved it, loved it, loved it. People have started doing this in their homes. And if you're not stoned, who else would fall for this? Likely kids. Kids. Okay. Fun little thing. Or your sister. Or my sister. Yeah, there's a few adults. My sister's very high on the list. So I tweeted out a couple references to it. Chris did as well. One I put out a couple days ago was, Dear Internet, please don't stop the hashtag Internet Invisible Challenge. Love, Doc. And Chris had one that uh, this is the family deserves... Uh, family of the year awards, yes. whatever. And your your boy Glenn gave us the business. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he went us, off. He went off. He gave us the business. He asked if we're insane. We are. Yeah, but not about this. Oh no, no. He no, put, no. "Are you guys insane? This is cruel." Families are all about trust. You have taken the entire family and pitted them against one. One, but the entire family pit him against mm-hmm. one person. Personally, I really dislike this construct, not destruct. Yes. And uh, I was just shocked, first of all, that, he, that anybody would <clears throat> find a problem with this. Glenn was not alone. There were lots of other people who yeah. said, I hate this. This is cruel. I would never do this to my children. I could not believe that anybody found any significant problem with this yeah okay maybe you find a minor problem or so that was a stretch but passionately against it and glenn's clearly was as well and i responded to glenn you wouldn't have survived growing up with bud and nora thompson who are those my parents oh <laughs> yeah bud and nora they're, they're not gonna let you get away without having an invisible challenge or two in your life it's a must it's an initiation for the family right exactly it's part of the initiation this is called thompson hazing <laughs> that's funny thing is about thompson hazing it wasn't a one-shot ritual Oh, no, you just It was going? a sustained lifetime of hazing. Oh. Yeah, it's like, you know, you join a, a fraternity or something. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, one hell weekend or oh, you yeah, know, hell week, during yeah. pledge week or whatever mm-hmm, it is, mm-hmm. or one night in particular. No, no, no. This is a lifetime of systematic hazing. So it will continue for the rest of your life. Yes, basically. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is a subtle transition that is made in the Thompson clan. And that is? 
Uh, you also begin part of the hazing. Oh, you ooh. you get hazing, and then you begin to also be the hazer. And I think that's designed to make a subtle transition as people die off that oh. you become the hazer. That, yes, that That's yes. what I think happens. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I included in my tweet that I believe this is harmless family fun that teaches not to be gullible and ultimately your family wouldn't hurt you. No. No, and then that's one of the things that I, uh, me and Jeff were talking about yesterday because Jeffy just found out about this. Pat was like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. So, and then I had the same conversation because after reading the What did Pat think about this? Um, I did not get his full take on it. Okay. He left the foot on air, so you have to probably download his podcast. But before the show, we were talking and we were like, in my opinion, this is bringing family together because if you look at most of those videos, it's mom and dad or mom or dad. Everybody's in the living room. Cousins, sisters, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And just like <laughs> laughing, laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And they're like, okay, sit down, Skippy. Yes. Here you go. Whatever, right. Done. So it was really interesting to see to see that kind of different perspective. But then <laughs> I had another conversation with Glenn's chef. And then we were like, okay, maybe this is because Glenn has had kids in two different stages of his life. And in my lifetime, this is funny. I'm a millennial, so, oh, yes, I'll be doing this and in my younger. wedding. And younger. You're a little bit older, but not that old. Right. So it's, it's three different. You think it's generational? I think, I think it's generational. I think this comes down to, based on some other tweets, because I just looked at it like Glenn was crazy. I yeah. was like, what are you, Glenn? Yeah. You're way too sensitive about this. Get over yeah. it. That, that was kind of my reaction. Mm-hmm. I saw some other listeners, though, that are likely going to be pretty reasonable people. Uh-huh. I mean, or at least think as they crazy seem, as we yeah, do yeah we're going to be in the same crazy camp mm-hmm. and um they were like i would never do this to a child and a couple of other people regular tweeters that i recognized you mm-hmm. know are not easily triggered and stuff i mean and let's face it glenn you know he gets triggered at yeah. times uh and i heard what they said and they were really focused on the children crying like some, yes. one person who yes. put, i was fine with it up until they cry or something like that i get that if and this is a rule three Violation, yeah. Potentially a rule three violation. Yes. If when the kids get so triggered, they begin to cry. If you don't let them off the hook at that point. That's wrong. Then it becomes cruel. Yes. In my opinion. That's the lie. Yes. I mean, the fact that they would tear up or cry or freak out for a minute. That's not. Oh, my kid messes up when there's vegetables on his pizza. <clears throat> right. So exactly. Really cr- oh, cubby, cubby melts down at some of this. I'm like, what are you getting so upset about? I'm upset now. <laughs> right. Exactly. They, they freak out about that stuff. <laughs> And I look at this, aside from, eh, it's funny, as honestly the teachable moments. You're thickening their skin up a little bit with this stuff. Because I got to tell you, you know how unstable I am. I am seconds away from naked in a clock tower all the time. If it were not for my four older siblings mm-hmm. and my parents, I would have lost it and been in a rubber, rubber room years ago. Yeah. Growing up with those a-hole siblings of mine <laughs> taught me to have a thick skin. Mm-hmm. And here's the rule in, in the unspoken rule in the Thompson household and really kind of the unspoken rule on this show. It's not a matter of being able to take it. You have to both be able to take it and dish it out. That's a good rule. If you can only do one, you're going to fail. <laughs> it's not going to work for you. If you can do neither... You're completely done. You're done. I've worked on shows like this, other shows. You've got to dish it out and take it and be able to be a, you got to hang in both of those categories. (laughs) You got to be able to play great offense and great defense. You cannot play (laughs) one side of the ball in this. This is a 60 minutes. You're, you're on go, right? 
I look at this as teasing kids helps them, number one, get a thicker skin. Number two, in this situation, teach them to not be so gullible. You really thought you were friggin' invisible. Come on, right? And then also, when you let them off the hook, show them, look, we gave you the business. Think about how we could have... You thought you were invisible. We could have had you do anything to end up hurting yourself. We yes. could have we could have really injured you. We did not do that. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was a joke. Get over it, right? You can trust us that if we play a joke on you, rule number three, we come clean. We tell you the truth. There were several of these where the kids, after they told them, they were like, oh, wow, that's that pretty funny. funny. That's, that's funny. pretty good. Yeah. You got You got you me. Got me. That's what it is. That's a well-adjusted kid. Mm -hmm. If you're so sensitive that you cannot handle something like this, I'm sorry. I think that's the bigger disservice. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. More tweets are coming in, and this is really an interesting discussion about whether or not it's appropriate to play pranks on your kids like this. And I think the thing that the dividing line is kids crying, where they're that upset. Mm-hmm. But that's actually part of the gag of this, Yes, that they they believe it and get scared. It's scaring yes. them. That's all yes. it is. It's a scary movie, right? Yes. And I get the trust factor among parents, but I got to tell you, for all of the crazy stuff that my parents put us through and then we put them through in turn and we put each other through. I always knew there was no doubt in my mind that I could always, if all else fails, come clean to my parents. That's good. That if, listen, I was out there doing all kinds of crap I shouldn't have been doing growing up, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew if it hit the fan, Mm -hmm. I could tell them, and they were going to make do everything they could to make sure I was okay, even if it you know got in trouble, did something wrong. You know, the police come knocking on the door. I could be, and they were going to do everything they could to help me out. So obviously, I wasn't. You know, there wasn't a lack of trust. In fact, it was just the opposite. I trusted my parents to the nth degree. So it's not an automatic breakdown of trust. Now, maybe some people would. Maybe some people would go. <clears throat> oh yeah, you can't you can't trust her. I wouldn't trust my parents after that or didn't. Did your parents did you guys play gags on each other? Did you No. We weren't no. I was a prankster. <clears throat> You'd fit in well at the Thompson house. Yeah, You'd do I, okay. Yeah, they didn't prank, I pranked. Okay. I remember calling my mom one one time and told her I went online and recorded myself and <clears throat> This is the county yell for Deltona, Florida. <laughs> and it was like my dad got arrested and next thing I heard I heard it. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah, she passed out. <laughs> I was like, that prank did not work. Actually, that worked pretty well. Didn't no, it? it did not. Was she all right? She got hurt. Oh, well, that's not good. That's what I'm How saying. How hurt? How hurt? Her head. 
You know, she he didn't break bu- it. Just a bump, yeah, though? Yeah, just a bump. Oh, then it was still a good prank. Yeah, yeah it was a good prank. <laughs> I was and, like... And, and what did you learn from that prank? Not to do that. No. No, oh. you learned to put pillows down. Oh, but I wasn't home. I was somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Just make sure, make sure there's a safety net. That's all there is to it. That's... <laughs> That's a great prank. That's awesome. <laughs> My parents also pranked me as oh. life lessons, too. Mm. That's why you always leave a note. <laughs> it was kind of like those. Like a resident development. Okay. <clears throat> so there may have been a time where a little local community um, service organization for our little town, it was a very small little town, whose office was located very near our home. Mm-hmm. And had a guy run the place who was a fram- family friend that I like to harass. He was a friend of my sister's mm-hmm. in like 17. That I may have left some prank calls on their little answering machine. <laughs> I may have pranked him and then left some prank calls, right? <laughs> may have. What's the statute of limitations? <laughs> my sister Tammy is over talking to this friend of hers. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Yeah, we've been getting some prank calls and whatever. So my sister hears it and she's like, that little sucker. <laughs> knows it's me, you know? I'm like 12 or 13 or something like that. So she doesn't say anything to me. She goes to my folks. She's like, yeah, the goofballs making prank calls over there. Hmm. So my parents go, okay. So they just wait, wait. And that evening, we're all sitting around watching the TV. The conversation casually turns to my sister. Oh, yeah, someone's been making prank calls over at the, you know. <laughs> and my parents are like, huh, well, you know, that's a that's a felony. Oh. That's a felony. And, uh, you know, whoever gets it, they're going to prison. They're, you know, there's the whole oh, thing. wow. And it was just like this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to prison. Oh, my gosh, oh. I'm going to prison. Oof. Whatever. I'm trying to remember how the whole thing played out. But at some point, then they were like, you idiot, what are you doing? So then my dad, go get the phone book. So I get the phone book. And I didn't realize it in there. It it has a whole it had a whole section of, you know, it was a crime to make prank phone calls and <laughs> going to prison and the whole thing. So that's how I learned that that was illegal to do. But it was the same thing, right? So teachable moment teachable as well. Moment, yeah. And they waited till I cried. Good. They waited good. till I was going to the big good. house on good, that one. Good, 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 good. I get the tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned today. Joining us now, the author of September 1918 War, Plague in the World Series, Skip. Skip, I'm going to need a pronunciation on your last name. Desjardin. Desjardin. Okay. I figure that's easier than just screwing it up because... See, Skip, and I apologize because good producers, they would actually put a pronunciation up for me. But... Oh, I knew the name. Desjardin. <laughs> was it a teachable moment? It was moment? a teachable moment. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Skip, here we are, the 100th anniversary of uh, 1918. In uh, 1918, a lot of interesting things happened. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing 30 days that September. Uh, the, w- the first big American battle of World War I was taking place. You know, up until that point, our troops had been gather- uh, scattered amongst French and, and uh, British generals. And uh, in September, Black Jack Pershing finally united all of them and in one big American army, and, and they won in a, a very critical battle uh, that September uh, and basically broke the will of German troops and the German command, and eight weeks later the war was over. Also, uh, the Spanish flu broke out in Boston, and we tend to forget the Spanish flu in history. You know, we, we go through the greatest hits uh, in school. We do Pilgrim's sure. Civil War, 
World War II, and everybody heads off on summer vacation. Um, <laughs> but uh, Spanish flu uh, was the worst epidemic in world history. Over 100 million people died. See, I, had no, United, I, had, I had no idea going from memory that it was that significant. Yeah, uh, worse than the Black Plague of medieval wow. times. And in the United States, 700,000 people died. Wow. And that would have been a country of 150, maybe yeah. 200 million, maybe? Yeah, a little, almost around half of what we have today. Okay, yeah. Wow. So think about that for a minute. If we suddenly had an epidemic breakout today, even, that, that killed 700,000 people, we'd, we'd be in a panic. Yeah. And they were to an extent. Um, and so that broke out in Boston uh, in that month at the same time that the Red Sox were playing in the World Series led by Babe Ruth uh, and won that World Series, the last World Series they won for 86 years before their famous drought. And part of why or I got interested in writing the book was my uh, initial question to myself was, first of all, why was the World Series being played in September? And why would anybody go to games in Boston at exactly the time when being out crammed into a crowd at a ballpark could literally kill you? Wow, that's a great point. You're right. So you have the Spanish flu going on, and they're crowding in there. Did they not know about the flu or how it was spread or significance? Yeah, they didn't. And, and, and you could blame that on the war. You know, we also forget that during World War One, there had been a, war, a law passed in America that said it would, was illegal to print anything in the newspaper that was critical of the president or the government or was considered unpatriotic or uh, could hurt civilian morale. And newspaper editors around the country had gone to jail. And so newspapers were a little timid about these things. And after all, what could be worse for morale than telling people that hundreds of their neighbors were dying? And so newspapers were very, very slow to report on the Spanish flu. And when they did, they were taking the word of local officials who every single day in Boston would come out and say, well, everything will be better tomorrow. Everything will be better tomorrow. And they did that day after day after day, despite the fact that at its peak, one person was dying in Boston of the Spanish flu every nine minutes. Yeah, I just I just did a quick numbers too. I think there's around three thousand counties in America. That means for seven hundred thousand people, that would be on average of of about two hundred and thirty some people dying in every county. I mean, that's think about your home county, wherever you are right yeah. now. That's two hundred and thirty people dying. Yeah, it was an amazing thing, and and one of the reasons that it it spread that way again, it started from Boston, and, and it spread because sailors and soldiers stationed in and around Boston were moving around in wartime and being shipped from facility to facility. But the other reason that it was as uh, devastating as it was is that no one was learning lessons from the previous cities where it took place. All the mistakes that they made in Boston were all repeated then in Philadelphia, oh. which was the next big city that it hit, again, because the media was a afraid to sort of report on it vigorously because of this law, which had good intentions. Of course you want civilian morale to be high during wartime, mm -hmm. but the unintended consequence of a, of a law that said you can't print anything bad in the newspaper was that nobody printed anything bad in the newspaper. <laughs> Even if it was going to be something that may actually help people. Yes, and also we've made... We underestimate the tremendous medical advances that we have made since then. 
had the newspapers been printing the advice that some health officials were giving, it would have been things like, don't spit in the street. And at one point, the Boston Health uh, Office uh, ordered restaurants and bars to wash the glasses in between customers. Oh, okay. So they, they were telling them they needed to do that. Yeah, okay. and, and some of the restaurants and bars thought that was crazy and switched to paper cups. <laughs> so you're so talking prior to this. Way. Prior to this, if I went in and ordered a beer, those glasses were not cleaned. Right, you just got the beer that the guy next to you just emptied. Wow. Okay, that's well. I guess that's more efficient as a bartender, right? <laughs> it is, but it's also more efficient for spreading influenza. Yeah. <laughs> So how long was the Spanish flu um, uh, destructive? How long was it? Was it just one season? It, it, in Boston, which is where most of the events in this book take place, it lasted almost this exact 30 days of September. Uh, it sprung up, it swept across the state, and then it was gone. And the reason it went so quickly was that by the end of September, uh, it had run out of fuel. There was no one left to infect. Uh. You know, we all did that little science experiment in, in school as kids where you light a candle and then you tip a jar upside down on it, mm-hmm. and very quickly the candle goes out because it's used up all the oxygen. Same thing. The flu was so widespread that by the end of 30 days, there was nobody left in all of Massachusetts who hadn't been exposed. So you either, the same thing happened you either had the tolerance to it or you had succumbed to yes. it. Yeah, and the, one of the tragic things about this particular strain of flu uh, and look, flu is tough. Even today, flu is every year the fourth or fifth biggest killer in America, uh, despite all our advances. But this particular strain, as opposed to most of the time today when it affects the elderly or the very young infants and toddlers, this went after people in their 20s and 30s, in the absolute prime of their life, and took advantage of their own uh, antibodies and, and their ability to fight infection. So when they caught it, they, create, they created so many white blood cells to fight it that it filled their lungs with white blood cells and literally drowned them. And wow. quickly, people would be fine at breakfast and dead by nighttime. So when I first saw the title of your book and I thought, wow, here we are 100 years from September of 1918. And then I started thinking in general just what an amazing time period that would have been. I mean, you're talking, um, obviously, you know, World War One and the things you mentioned in your book, but you're just a couple of years from the Roaring Twenties, and you're just uh, 11 years from the stock market crash and the Great Depression. You know, I mean, it was a, an amazing transformational period because even just the decades before, you know, the um, proliferation of the automobile and flight had only been, what, the 15 years before the first manned flight, right? I mean... Yeah, it's, it, it totally transformed war, for instance. You know, war up until that point had always been two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Back and forth across the field, the armies pushed each other and, and, and captured ground. And all of a sudden, the introduction of the airplane made this a three-dimensional battle. So you, you could go up instead of just back and forth, and you could look down and see where the other side was located, how many men they had, and drop bombs on them. We totally changed war. Well, and think about this. So we went from man not knowing anything about flight. And I think the Wright brothers flew in 1903, so 15 yeah. years before this. And we know that aircrafts were, were part of, the, uh, of World War I. I mean, they yeah. were, they were, there were aces that, that flew. I mean, it was, there were aerial battles. So think about that, 
that first flight of the Wright brothers and how you know how limited it was. What was it? You know, forty seconds or twenty seconds or something. Yep. And fifteen years later, having no knowledge of flight, you have aerial battles in war. Yeah, there's a great story in the book about a, a, a kid from Boston named David Putnam, who became America's ace of aces, the guy who had shot down more Germans than anyone else. Um, and he had volunteered early in the war before America was in it, had first worked on an ambulance corps, and then joined what was called the Lafayette Escadrille, French Plains American pilots, and racked up more wins than anybody else. And on September 12th, uh, was shot down finally himself. And he had been famous all across America, and his exploits had been had been chronicled in newspapers from coast to coast. Everybody knew who America's ace of aces was. And now he was dead at 19 years old. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. And flying planes, that, as you said, that were fairly rudimentary, most of those planes were covered in canvas, not in metal. Oh, wow, because they were more about the uh, the ability to bring war as opposed to protect the plane. They hadn't gotten there yet or even how and to, Well, they had to be light, light in order right. to fly. <clears throat> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, what an amazing time period. Uh, how else, if you had to come up with a blanket concept or a way for people to understand what life was like during that that time period? Because here you are, you, you spotlight 30 days that were incredibly transformational. What was the overall attitude? Were people worldly? Did they understand what was going on like maybe we would today? With It was, it was really the beginning of change. It, it, 1920, just two years later, was the first U.S. census in which more people lived in cities than on farms and in rural wow. areas. So that that agrarian to industrial society change was just taking place. And as a result, um, the immigration levels were incredibly high because we needed people to work in factories, especially in the Northeast, where they were producing during the war blankets, uniforms, boots, shoes, all the things that a giant army of more than a million men needed. Uh, And so that, too, was changing society because suddenly you went from sort of a a, a homogenous society to all these various ethnicities moving into uh, certainly the Northeast from all kinds of different countries and um, in those days had their own doctors, their own grocery stores, their own newspapers Uh, and the assimilation into American society was slower even than it is today. Skip, this is this is fascinating. What a what a, a great way to pull this all together, too. I think uh, your concept and execution awesome for the book. Nice job. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll post a link to it. Where can people find it? Obviously, the usual places. But do you have a website? Yeah, you can you can get it online. You can get it in your bookstores. Uh, you can go to September nineteen eighteen dot com or follow me on Twitter at Skip Desjardin. All right, Skip. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll post that to our social media as well. Have a great day. Thanks. Uh, just can you imagine the the transitional amount? Had you thought about that before? That here you are in World oh, War One, no. fifteen years earlier, the first flight. Now you go well, fifteen years a lot of time to develop something. Yet now with computers, they knew nothing about flight yeah. skip. Or, 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 or I'm trying to skip, um, uh, Chris. They they knew nothing about this, and th- those first flights were just seconds long. And here you are, fifteen years later, using it in combat, and it's significant. 
Yeah. Aerial battles. You know, you yeah. see those. Mm, mm, it's really interesting because mm, mm. I never thought like 1918 would have been an important month for America. And well, look at look yeah. at all that. And then in Boston? Yeah. Come on. Well, and the way he ties all that together, you're right. So here you are, this plague, which I didn't know how many yeah. people were killed. And the World Series is going on. You're like, hey, guys, maybe you shouldn't all be here. Right? <laughs> should but, all put in one. No, don't but, go. The, the number of people, he said 700,000, we were half the size we mm-hmm. are now. And if you divided that up equally, it's 230, 250 people per county, if it were even. That mm-hmm. means in your county, to, I'm guessing you would probably know a couple of those yes, people. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. It would have affected everybody. Yes. Huge. Interesting stuff. We'll post a link to it. More coming up on The Morning Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On The Blaze Radio Network. not offensive if it's true, right? This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, then. Yep. Get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Uh, JR15 saying 1918 was the beginning of change, but we won't add hope for 90 years. No, I don't add that till much later, but we did have change. Yes. I mean, the, the truth is, whenever you spotlight a time period like this, there's always change. Everything. Today is part of the change. Today is part of innovation and revolution and differences and crafting and shaping the future. Every day, every moment is some of that. It's just some moments come together where it's more obvious. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it's like saying I worked and put everything in place and then finally this thing happened. It's kind of like that. It builds up to these moments. But that's pretty interesting, September 1918. Uh, you also have a couple of questions. Stinky saying, where were the Wright brothers from, Doc? The Wright brothers were from Ohio. Mm. Ohio is uh, first in, uh, or is um, actually first in flight. Uh, they want to claim the North Carolina is mm-hmm. because that's where Kitty Hawk is. But mm-hmm. it is the birthplace of aviation and then mm-hmm. indirectly also first in flight. Mm. So North Carolina, y'all just settle down there, okay? The guys just happen to go down there for a while, and you're going to claim this? <laughs> Very serious about this. You know, Neil Armstrong is from just up the road as well. Yes. He's, and John yeah. Glenn, the astronaut. Not John Glenn, the politician. We don't claim him because <laughs> he was a big leftist Democrat. Mm. As, as, a, as an astronaut, though, yes. I'll claim him. Mm. But after that, you know, it's like John McCain. Mm. You know, your service early on, good. But after that, I can't have any mm. of it. Stephen English saying, Doc will trust Chris <clears throat> Cruz. To write down a pronunciation of anything. Now that's Deborah Messing kind of crazy. <laughs> that really is. That's. I meant more of a Kirk Jones. I almost said Mordecai, but we know mm. that would be a failure mm. as well. Patriot Mobile is waiting for you to sign up for an account if you haven't done so already. Um, we are, of course, uh, 100 years from, from September of 1918. Mm-hmm. But we are also coming up Monday, an anniversary of the Constitution being yes. signed. September 17th, uh, 1787. Thank you. I got the whole 19 and 18 in there. 1787 is Constitution Day. Patriot Mobile proudly supports the Constitution. They support the Constitution protecting our First Amendment rights. Obviously, the Founding Fathers couldn't have imagined a cell phone or that type of technology, which is important to remember. I mean, do do we even allow cell phones now? They could have never imagined this amount of technology. I think probably an opportunity to limit free speech in there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's the argument when it comes to the Second Amendment and technology. Yep. No, we do not believe that, and neither does Patriot Mobile. In fact, they celebrate the Constitution and those protections, and that's the reason they are giving you a special deal. If you sign up before Constitution Day Monday, and that is a month of service for just $17.87. So good. That's amazing. Their deals were were already great when it came to talk, Mm -hmm. text, and data plans at Patriot Mobile. But even better, first month of service, $17.87. Now, we've told you over the years all of the great deals that they have. They work on all kinds of things to give you an opportunity to save money and do some good in the world. They give you, you know, discounted phones. They give you uh, activation fees that are that are waved goodbye if you sign up. At times they give you an opportunity to pay off your old service. All of this stuff because that's what Patriot Mobile does. They keep those prices low while doing good with the money that they bring in. They're capitalists, of course they got stockholders in that. But they also spend just a little bit of that money on doing good in the world to protect things like your constitutional rights. Sign up today, patriotmobile.com slash doc. Patriotmobile.com slash doc or 800-APATRIOT. I knew I messed up. Uh, Stephen English says, 1918 was an important month. Wait, what? You guys know what I meant. I don't think so. Oh, you idiot. I was thinking that too, Stephen English. Thank you. I was like, sounded like a whole year. Blah, blah, blah. Love the blah, blah, blah. Cool story about 1918 reminded me of my visit to the National World War I Museum in Kansas City. Highly recommended. Oh, I thought, normally he brings the yuck yucks. No, he's being serious. Oh, it's okay. I, I know, that's cool. And where, what is it? The National War Museum uh, in National Kansas City? National World War I Museum in Kansas City. Oh, cool. No, I appreciate that. But I was waiting for the extra because... I know. You were waiting for the punch. There's right. no punch. He threw us a curveball there. Yes, he and did. And that's fine. I appreciate yes. that. That's good. Any more you uh, want to say? saying you have... First in flight and aviation. I mean, it's Ohio. What else do they have going on for them? Cleveland? Oh, don't make me go all Ohio uh, history on you. Don't make me do that. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The country has been pushed to the limit. Our political bonds have been torn apart. We need a true leader who can save us from certain doom. Unfortunately, we could only find this guy. Hey, it's Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. For tickets, VIP packages, and more, visit glennbeck.com. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, we're going to spend just another minute on uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Okay. And it was one that uh, you started to get to earlier, but I was not prepared for it yet. I wasn't getting to it. That was, uh, I think it was uh, Donna or Stinky. No, it was a great observation. Yes. I'm just saying, but then you did. But I was not prepared. And that is uh, the Washington Post. Obviously, the editorial board there. Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, I think it's like the Spanish flu. <laughs> Did it spread that quickly? It does. It, it, I mean, you could be fine in the morning, like la 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 la. You're la, dead by lunch, and you're dead by lunch. 
<laughs> right. And one of the other symptoms By is... Wait, was that the Smurfs? That was the Smurfs. That's right. Nice. Throwback. Because when I have breakfast in the morning, you... life is always... La, 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 la. Well, that's because I'm eating Smurf Berry Crunch. Oh. <clears throat> it's nice. another little throwback for that's you there. That's a big throwback. So, yeah, the, um, the Washington Post editorial board, apparently with the Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> and one of the symptoms is... Um, where you start making wild accusations that are not connected to anything, certainly not the president. For example, headline from the Washington Post. Headline from the Washington Post. Another hurricane is about to batter our coast. Trump is complicit. (laughs) Donald Trump is complicit (laughs) in a hurricane battering the coast. Legit. If you said even a hurricane battered the coast Mm. and a lot of people died unnecessarily, the president is complicit because they didn't have FEMA altogether. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, a bit of a stretch, but I could see that. They didn't do their job. How is Trump complicit in the weather? He, He controls the weather now. Well, yeah, he's uh, he's him with the Jews control the weather now. Oh, that's right. Well, and he's we do in New know York. that he has a Jew uh, son-in-law, right? That's right. He, that's probably the end. He probably gave him the. I have the, the most beautiful machine. weather machine. Yep. It's beautiful. It's tremendous, and that's the reason he knows water is wetter. Water. He knows the degrees of wetness because that water he can have that. because he's part of this. Now I get it, Chris. That makes a lot of sense. You're welcome. As much yeah. sense as the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Complicit in the weather. <laughs> what is their argument? Their argument is climate change. Climate change. <laughs> wow. How do you write that? Even if you think that climate change is a thing and people are not doing what they could mm-hmm. do. Let me show you how stupid that is, even within their ass ninery headline. Okay. <clears throat> I'll share a little more of the article. So the headline is, another hurricane is about to batter our coast. Trump is complicit. When it comes to extreme weather, Mr. Trump is complicit. He plays down humans' role in increasing the risks, and he continues to dismantle efforts to address those risks. It's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change, but... There is no reasonable doubt that humans are priming the Earth's system to produce disasters. With uh, depressingly ironic timing, it says, the Trump administration announced announced on Tuesday a plan to roll back federal regulations on methane, a potential greenhouse gas that is the main component in natural gas. Drillers and transporters of the fuel were supposed to be more careful about letting it waft into the atmosphere, which is nothing more than rank resource waste that also harms the environment. The president has cemented the GOP's legacy as one of reaction and reality denial. Sadly, few in his party appear to care. So, the same people who have told you that our positive economy right now is thanks in no part to President Trump. It's in, dis- it, it's in spite of him. Yes. He has no control no. over the environment. Yet, he controls the weather. 
a, a guy who's been president for almost two years. Almost. And has, in spirit, by his presence, inspired people. Okay. And has signed legislation specifically dealing with the economy. Well, and has battled other things. He's worked out trade deals. So a tax plan, a new tax plan that he signed, working on trade deals, whether you agree with them or not, messing with the tariffs, and inspiring people one way or the other, has nothing to do with the good economy. Nothing. After two years, zero effect on it. But he controls the weather. Uh, Paris Accord, Doc. Paris Accord. Controls the weather. Are we on the Paris Accord Agreement? Done. Done. And that's controlling the weather? That is controlling the weather. See, here's the thing. These are also the same people that when I say, wow, it's January in uh, in New York and it's 70 degrees, I'm all about the climate change. Let's keep that climate change coming. And they're like, Doc, this is no single weather event that does this whatever. But this hurricane that's hitting is Trump's fault. He's complicit in that. Yes. Okay, that seems like a failure as well. The same people that have told us that just seems contradictory. Very. Okay. Very contradictory. All right. And by the way, um, when have we been failing the environment that has caused climate change? When did that start? Uh, I would say right before that movie came out from Al Gore. Oh, the an in, um, Inconvenient Truth. Yes. yes, yes. You know, that was years before Trump was in office. No, that's impossible. No. Um, you know... This claim of climate change in one of its many forms, global warming, global global cooling, go back. We have documented proof, and it may be even further back than that, but documented proof of this being a part of our government. During the Grover Cleveland administration, you can find, by the way, that was the 1800s. Okay. You can find headlines where they were fearing another ice age. 150 years, Chris. You can go back and find them claiming some form of this, whatever. That's a long time before Trump became president. Long Mm. time, long time. Yet he now is complicit. Obama wasn't complicit because Paris Accord. Mm. Is that right? Yes. Paris Accord. Solyndra. Okay. Um, Obama flying all over the country for vacations and campaigning and all this unnecessarily, which polluted the environment more. That's not complicit in man-caused climate change, right? (laughs) All of the leftists. The Washington Post continuing to print, print a newspaper. That's good for the, that's good for the environment. I don't know what you're trying to get out of that one. How how else are they going to inform people? Electronically. And that doesn't damage the... Climate. It damages it less than printing a newspaper every day. Because uh, apparently that ink is great for the environment. Yes. Newspaper ink, fantastic. Yeah. It actually rebuilds the ozone layer. Most people don't realize that. What? Yeah, the breaking down of that newspaper ink from the Washington Post rebuilds the, uh, the ozone layer. Oh, wow. And cutting down all those trees, fantastic for the environment. Mm. Wonderful. That's great. Actually, you know what? It's more damaging than we realize. Really? Because all the bull crap that they print, (laughs) it's just more (laughs) methane to the environment. (laughs) Trump complicit in Hurricane Florence. 
First of all, we don't even know what's, if it's going to hit still. Yeah. Looks like it is day out, or probably tomorrow, tomorrow. midday. Yeah. It's already, they've already downgraded it and said it may it's only be two. a cat two. At first, it was going to be a full-fledged four. four. Then it was three, maybe four. Now, now maybe two. not two. So far. <clears throat> so far. Could, could pick up more. We don't yeah. know, but uh, maybe not as significant as they have said in the past. So in their own story, they have contradicted themselves and the concept of climate change because they're blaming a single weather event. Yes. But much like the New York Times cleaning up their so-called op-ed piece from a Trump insider, a senior Trump administration senior. official, they go ahead and cover their ass by offering up little phrases. This yes, is, yes. Folks, this is called poetic license. That's mm. what this is. They say, Remember, they said, all the, Trump is complicit, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change, but there is no reasonable doubt that humans are priming the Earth system to produce disasters. Actually, there is quite a bit of reasonable doubt, but notice they offer that phrase up front. It's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change, mm-hmm. comma. What that means, Chris, is this entire article is S-word. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Bravo Sierra. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying by this. Yep. Trump, another hurricane is about to batter our coast. That is a single weather event. Trump is complicit in that single weather event. We're blaming Trump for a single weather event. <laughs> it's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change. Mm-hmm. What that says is this entire article is a waste of time. Yes. It's crap. It's Bravo Sierra. It's... It doesn't need to exist other than propaganda. They did the same thing in the senior Trump administration op-ed piece as well. They say all of these things, but go ahead and offer up a phrase here or there that cleans it up. Let me tell you how poetic license works, okay? You ever watch a movie and, you know, they they have to accomplish these series of tasks. It's a thriller, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe a spy or a war movie. They've got to create, uh, accomplish these series of tasks in order to stop the bomb from detonating. Okay. Right? Yes. And they got to jump through all these hurdles. They got to do this. They got to do this. And they got to get into the building. Whatever the scenario is that leads to the climax of the six seconds, five seconds, four, three, one second left on the just did it in time, right? You're watching the movie and you're going, yeah, why didn't they just go in through the basement? True. Or why didn't they just call him? Why didn't they just, you say this all the time in movies and they know this as writers. So what they offer is the same type. They offer one sentence that tells you why they couldn't do that. Yes. Even though the sentence is crap. Yes. Well, they... You know what? We'd, we'd like to just go in through the basement, but we can't because it's a red door. <laughs> wow, you're right. We couldn't do that then. Let's continue go through these unnecessarily long and difficult challenges. Right? I mean, they That's offer. So true. And it's just, we know we can't do that because then the CIA would be tipped off. Right? It would go ahead and broadcast that. Whatever it is, it's nonsensical. Yes. But it's poetic license because they're writing it. And if they say it, then it must be true. Must you be true. as the viewer just accept it. 
You don't know the backstory. They haven't told you the backstory. If you were interviewing them, you'd go, what the hell does that mean? You can't go in because of why. Yeah, we could still do that. You, you'd shoot down their argument. But for the movie's sake, poetic license allows you to just explain it away, even though it's all nonsensical. It's fiction. Mm-hmm. You have license to do that, to change, to alter. It's just writing. So what they did in here is write fiction. And poetic license gave them the ability to make a statement which is inaccurate based on everything else they've ever told us, inaccurate within this very article. And then, as we say, that's a single climate change event that you've told us, single weather event, rather, that climate change does not affect. It's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change. But there is no reasonable blah 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 blah. And the way they also write it, there is no reasonable doubt that human beings are priming. Reasonable doubt? <laughs> what they wanted to put is there is no doubt. Yes. But then I would say, no, no, there are actually people who doubt this. Damn it, how are we going to? There is no reasonable doubt. So anybody who doubts it is unreasonable. You have no reason. You, you don't have the ability to reason. Really? I've just reasoned your whole damn article. I've reasoned better than you did. I'll reason the hell out of your climate change argument. But you won't have that discussion because, again, this is propaganda. And they write it this way. Again, poetic license to shoot it down. Um, This is a a qualifier. It's hard to attribute. And there is no reasonable doubt. All leading up to humans are priming the Earth's systems to produce disasters. You know what? I object. Well, then you're not reasonable. Chris, I recognize, of course, you have objections about some of the things I say, but no reasonable person would object to them. <laughs> That's all you have to do is start all this. Start a conversation. Start a meeting that way. You will win it every time. You know, anybody that would object to something like this is clearly being unreasonable. Paul, do you have any questions? You seem to be upset by this. You're, you're objecting to it? We've already established that that means you're unreasonable. Wow. So, obviously, they have Trump derangement syndrome. Totally. TDS, in effect, at the Washington Post. RidUZone is waiting for you right now at RidUZone.com. The company is there waiting to help make your life better by helping you lose weight, tubby. I don't think they want you to <clears throat> say that. Chubby? Tubby. Let's call people what they are. Yeah, you're please. fat. I say truth lives here. I say we stop coddling people. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. How'd the pants fit today? Right? Yeah. You get up and you're like, and you say every day, you go, you're like, oh, these are tight. I gotta. They're getting tighter. They're getting tighter or they're certainly tight and they've been tight. I gotta do Mm. something. I don't want to go into my fat pants. I gotta move the other way. I gotta (laughs) lose weight. You look in the mirror. Right. You feel disgusting. Right. You sit in the seat. It's too fat. Whatever. It's just uncomfortable and you're going through it. Stop. There's a way. I know it's difficult. That's why RidUZone's here to help. R-I-D-U Zone. RidUZone. Yes, we don't love the name, but it works. We love the product. It's very simple. It does two things for your body. It makes you feel fuller and boosts your metabolism. The one, two magical punch of RidUZone that is going to help you lose weight, Tubby. See, doesn't that sound good? Should I use Chubby? Chubby. It's going to help you lose weight, chubby. No, it's okay. You know you're chubby. I care about you enough to call you chubby. 
Your family won't. No, this is tough love. Tough love is love too. Buy Riduzone today. Start taking it and lose that weight. You'll be so happy you did. Just go to Riduzone.com. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, congratulations, you have a sense of humor. This is the Morning Blaze. All right, so hurricane may hit. MSNBC has uh, covered it extensively. Mm -hmm. They had a reporter out, and I want to share a couple of clips because he took an interesting take on it. Okay. Hurricane Florence. I recognize in the many days leading up to the hurricanes now, because it used to be people are like, what's going on? Holy moly, it's a hurricane, right? Yes. Now we're three weeks out and they're like, a tropical storm is building four million miles away. (laughs) And then as you get closer, it's building. Okay, now we're, we've been talking about this or it's been in the news as a hurricane likely going to hit the East Coast for about a week. Yes. So you have plenty of time, which is fine. But as reporters, you're there where it's going to hit and there's not a lot to say. Okay, people are leaving. People aren't leaving, right? Now, they love it once it gets to be the hurricane. We're out here. Without, don't do this. Everything I'm doing, don't do this. Right? They love that. Or afterwards, they're like, look at this. It's a kid's toy floating in the water. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they love. It gives them something to talk about. But in the days leading up, they got nothing. So here's Carrie Sanders, MSNBC reporter, standing in the surf. He's standing in the surf on the beach. On the beach, okay. On the beach. In the water. I mean, his feet are in the water. Yes. Okay. He takes, in order to explain what what, uh, the surge, what the surge is, when it talks water surge Mm -hmm. or this um, ground, what is it? Not water surge, uh, uh, storm surge, storm surge. Of the which is water. I mean, you understand mm-hmm. what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. It, the whole ocean goes in. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. It's, it's a surge it of water. Yes. Got it. Is there anybody who doesn't understand that? Uh, probably the hillbilly now they watch TV. That's about it. I would think most people understand with even if you don't know the exact science or specifics, you get the general nature. Yes. Of it. Yes. Then it, yes. And yes. if you don't understand the rest, it's water. It's going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. He explains it, and I want to share a clip. It's a little more of a visual, but I think you'll still get the audio of it. Here we go. The storm surge can be a little complicated for people to understand. I mean, you know about this wall of water that'll be 20 feet. So Hold it, hold it. It's a little complicated to know about this wall of water that's 20 feet. (laughs) It's a wall of water. It's 20 feet. Nothing. Is that that complicated? No. Okay. Maybe for some it is. Here we go. So we're going to do kind of a grade school experiment here. This is the Atlantic Ocean. Now on, here's on, the hold wind. On, hold, on. hold on. It's a grade school experiment. He's taken <laughs> a styrofoam cup and cut it in half. Okay. So you don't have the top. Okay. okay. Just the bottom part. Okay. And he's filled it to about the brim with ocean water. He just scoops oh, it up. Oh, he scoops it up. Got Back it. it up just a little bit, Kirk, and I want you to hear, and you'll explain to explain what's going on. Here we go. Now, here's the wind blowing. So you see the wind, how it takes the he just blew water, the and that's going to happen out here with 100 plus mile an hour winds, hold and it, it's pushing hold it. it. Hold it. 
He just filled the, that little half cup up and went and blew some water off of it. How does that explain storm surge? All it did was blow. That more explains rain or, or mist or surf. It explains surf. That's actually not storm surge. That's, that's not storm surge at all. That's great. Right. That's awesome. But even if that was storm surge, how does that help me more Visualize. explain it? Yes. And how is that a grade school experiment? Even no. grade schools are like, hold on there, Carrie. <laughs> hold on there, sport. Ours are a little more scientific than that. Let me bring up my model. Right. This is it. I thought he was going to rock the cup back and forth to show you how you know water will displace. Yes. And go. No, no, no. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> You know, back in his back head. that up a little bit. You know, we gotta in his hear this. Head, he's, he's like, I'm gonna do this and <sighs> nailed it. Got yeah. it. The producer's going, stay with it. Stay with it. Blow harder. Blow harder. Blow, blow, blow it harder. again. Remember, blow a nice blow. Here we go. Here it is again. Water, and that's going to happen out here with hundred plus mile an hour winds. Got it. And it's pushing the Atlantic Ocean. And so you get almost like a dome of water. It's not like a tidal wave. It's just a wave. I mean, it's just a dome of water that comes and it comes all the way up over the uh, sand dunes here, which are sort of a... Um, hold it, hold it right there. Hold it right there before you get to the next. It's a, it's a dome. It's, it's not a, a wave, Chris. No, You're thinking a dome. of a wave. It's yes, a dome. Yes, I, I was thinking of a wave. Yeah. Um, what you just did with the cup, that's mm-hmm. not a dome. It's not a wave. It's none of those things. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually explain any of those things. Hmm. That entire segment was... Pointless. It was inaccurate, <laughs> nondescript. You could actually described it incorrectly. Um, misleading. Very. And this is what MSNBC offered as news content to help people to combat a hurricane. To show right. Exactly. Right. Now we're not done because this Kerry Sanders again. He's a reporter yeah. with MSNBC. He um, interviewed some people out there that were staying. Oh, So okay. I want to get to that clip in a minute. Okay, we're going to get a break mm-hmm. in here. But he has a mom on the beach who has uh, decided to ride out the hurricane. Mm. And he asked her a couple of questions. Now the failure is on the mom's mm. part. So Kerry Sanders found somebody who is as special as he is. We'll share that <laughs> coming up next on The Morning Blaze. Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. View from um, MSNBC and Kerry Sanders, a little interview about the hurricane. But before we get back to that, I had to bring in uh, Simon Rovers, managing director of, of CNA.org. Uh, there's a new study that offers insight on some of the most effective bullying prevention programs. This is a new study that's out. So I want to bring him in and get that information, then we'll get back to the clip. Simon, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, oh, Simone. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, that was Simon. <laughs> no problem. Simone, um, so tell me about the new study. 
um, our new study that we conducted at CNA Education identified two key points. First, that ineffective programs are one-off programs that might be implemented at the beginning of the school year. Secondly, that effective programs are holistic programs that are actually built into the school curriculum continuously throughout the school year. Our study also identified that effective programs um, combat bullying and cyberbullying and build resiliency. Those programs stress that silence allows bullying to thrive. So they have um, addressed the bystander phenomenon through, for example, role play and enacting scenarios, which builds resiliency among students. So what do you consider bullying? Are you talking just physical or verbal or everything? Everything. So um, in our, how we define bullying is the repeated and intentional exposure of an individual or group to physical and or emotional aggression. So that speaks to, to something like calling someone names or spreading rumors about another student, for example. Um, we also include cyberbullying in this where somebody might post hurtful information online about someone else. But it would have to be ongoing. So if I just walked up to you today and said something, you know, negative about you or called you a name, that wouldn't necessarily be bullying. That is correct. Bullying typically occurs repeatedly um, mm-hmm. over time. That can be three times or maybe four times. A certain national service usually use the measure of being bullied daily, once or twice a week, once or twice a month. Um, and then if there's just certain occasions, maybe once a year, that would not be considered bullying in the traditional sense. Does it, it would also have to be, I would think, that um, the response of the person bullied. For example, if I, every day I come in and I call Chris a horrible name and say things about him, but he also says the same things to me and we're kind of, it's more of just an argument, that's not bullying either. So then another component about bullying is that there's usually a power differential between individuals okay. where one individual feels distressed. So you are correct. It, it, what you are describing could more be a case of teasing. Yeah, okay. And I think that's uh, one of the concerns as well. Um, you know, teasing, um, uh, learning to negotiate through problems, even with people who call you names. I think that's part of life and a little tough love. The difference is when it, become, when it becomes bullying is when it so negatively impacts somebody that affects their life as well, the, the bullied, right? That is, that is correct, yes. And uh, effective resiliency-building programs actually take a social-emotional approach that teaches students early on, like in kindergarten, and parents obviously can do that at home also, how to manage emotions and disappointment and how to be compassionate and solve problems, as you just indicated. So how do, how do you effectively do that when it comes to teachers um, or schools? How do, they, how do they know how far or how much to get involved? Because, as I said, working out some of these problems amongst the, the students is good without, you know, adults being involved. You got you to learn and negotiate and, and deal with these situations. How do they know when to step in and say, okay, this is becoming a problem or, okay, they're just not getting along and they need to work this out? Sure. So that's part of what we do at CNA Education is actually um, take programs that have been proven to be effective, go into the schools and work with the school staff, so that includes teachers, principals, counselors, if they are embedded within the school system, um, implement the programs, and then continuously evaluate through student surveys, teacher surveys, and parent surveys also to get feedback from the students uh, anonymously through surveys or 
non-anonymously through focus groups, um, combine that with, with the data that is being collected, analyze it, and then report back to the schools how effective the program has been implemented and what the outcomes are. I got to believe that a, a huge part of preventing bullying, I mean, maybe, maybe it's the, the silver bullet in all of this, is getting children to talk getting them to communicate not just with each other but i mean with adults and parents and teachers and you say hey this is a problem for me whatever it is because even if it's not bullying getting them to say i'm having a problem whatever it is is going to take care of all kinds of things that is absolutely right and silence allows bullying to thrive that is absolutely key um that we also addressed and found in our study so one of a few things that parents can do is have conversations with your children early on, discuss what bullying and cyberbullying can look like, encourage your children to have those conversations with their peers, but other adults also. Um, one helpful thing is to tell stories of times where you might have been the victim of bullying and how that made you feel, uh, what actions you took, did not take, or wish you had possibly taken. Just communicate and ask your children who do they play with, what do they play? You can easily, you know, hear students talk about, oh, I play with my friend, and, and then if they stop talking about playing with that friend, that might be an indication that something is wrong. My daughter, for example, played with the same person over the summer and then stopped mentioning that name, so that was an indication for me that something might have occurred, and I addressed that, and it turned out that she was actually being bullied by that girl. Yeah, and it could be any number of things. Maybe not even bullying. It could be abuse from an adult or some reason there's been a change in their life. Uh, Simone, this is great information. Where can we find out more about um, CNA and also this new study? Certainly, at our website. So we are a nonprofit research and analysis organization in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and you can find more information at www.cna.org. CNA.org. We'll uh, post that on social media. Simone, thanks so much. Appreciate you joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. All right, good information. That was uh, she could only do a certain time, so we had to kind of fit it in right there. But, uh, you know, I... The frustrating thing for me is a libertarian conservative and all of the snowflakey stuff that we know is out there. The snowflakes and the sensitive people on college campuses and all that has made has done so much damage to topics like bullying for people like me and probably a lot of people in the audience. Simone said a couple of phrases and words that would trigger a lot of people in the audience and me. Things like you know telling them how you feel and stuff like this. What she said wasn't wrong. That wasn't liberal talking points. That's, that's legitimate. That's something that 30 years ago we would have said, oh, okay, got it, and accepted for what it is. The left has so programmed us with these, these failures of thought. They've shifted all of it. They've, they've taken words. We had Riaz Patel in, and he said, you know, the, the way words matter to certain people, certain phrases. You know, we look at symbols. They look at certain words, and it conjures up all this stuff. The way she said it when she said, you know, you need to tell them how that makes you feel. My reaction when somebody says that in today's world about anything is like, oh, crap, here it goes. Here, here we go. Here it is. How it makes you feel. How it... But when it comes to kids in a situation like this, they're absolutely right. And then in our adult lives, we should tell people, I don't like that. I don't like it. Not everything is based just on personal freedoms. Chris and I are friends. We respect each other, I guess. 
if I say, Chris, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want you to do that. It's not based on anything practical. I just, I really don't want to be around that. I, I it just doesn't make me feel good. I just, that's not a part of my life. There's plenty of things like that. Okay, great. But in today's world, we hear, oh, you're being sensitive. You feel no. I just, that's not, that's not me. Right. It's hard to even bring that stuff up. Bullying is definitely a problem. My problem with the people who talk about generally talk about bullying uh, is the fact that it becomes a, again, snowflake thing. It's you can't say things and you're bullying. No, I was just teasing or we had a disagreement and now I'm at the principal's office because this person is too sensitive. A lot of that's true. True bullying is a problem. Systematic, repeated harassment, one student to another. That's a definite problem. That should not exist. I get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Also, don't forget to check out blazewildrice.com for that wonderful mid-nostalgia wild rice. Man, that rice is good. I had more last night in the little little recipe that I told you. I put the broth in and throw the vegetables in later. Works so great. So I was running late last night. And I said, all right, I'm going to stop off and get a pizza. I'm going to get a pizza because we talked about pizza and it was on my mind all day and I didn't have a chance to eat. I'm just going to grab a pizza. And I was like, oh, as much as I love pizza, it's not as healthy. But you know what? It's so much easier. And then I was like, oh, I have Minostalgia Wild Rice in the stuff I made with the broth and the vegetables that I told you about yesterday. I had some because I made extra. Made it. I had it in there. I instantly got back, threw it in the microwave for about a minute and a half. It's warm and it was fantastic. So I got to eat something that was incredibly healthy and incredibly tasty. It's Minostalgia Wild Rice. It's blazewildrice.com. Mm-hmm. And this year is the first annual wild rice harvest. Oh, that's right. It's harvest time yep. in Minnesota. And Minnesota, like always, they want to give back by donating 10% of each five bag or the eight jug long grain the eight wild pound jug, uh, jug. Yes, yeah. long grain wild rice, wild rice flour, wild rice polenta to Mercury One and the nursery fund. When you use, well, that the is promo incredibly code. generous of them Help. to give two percent, two percent no, of their ten. I'm sorry, one what? zero. Wow, ten percent, ten percent of the wholesale when you use promo code Help Ten. That's one zero. Help one, one zero. zero. Yes. Uh, at blazewildrice.com. So they're helping the Nazarene Fund on top of everything else. By the way, that's who Lori and Jay are. Yeah. Lori and Jay are really good people. They are some of the nicest people that, that we know. Just truly nice people. Yeah. And they have had some personal challenges in their lives recently. And that's some crop challenges we talked about well, the beginning yeah, of the, the year. Well, yeah, the harvest is, it's a rough time for the harvest yeah. because of the weather. The storm. They got so many storms. Yeah, for, for a lot. And so it's going to be a challenging winter for them. And they've had some other personal challenges in their life, which I don't know if I'm free to talk about. It's their lives. But I'll just say it's been difficult. So you can help them out. Maybe order some. If you've been planning on it anyway. Go to blazewildrice.com and order today. Blazewildrice.com. And the promo code you're looking for is HELP10. H-E-L-P-1-0 to get it today. All right, back to um, Carrie Sanders. Carrie Sanders from MSNBC covering Hurricane Florence. So he showed you what the storm uh, surge would be like with a styrofoam cup of water and him going, which is just like a storm surge, just like that, right? Doc Thompson, he blows at 130 miles an hour. When he's doing Cat 3. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but if he wants more, if you want to do Cat 4, then he blows even higher. Oh, yes, he does. Something like that. So after he does that, he walks up the beach to uh, a mom and her three kids that are standing there. 
And he goes to the three kids. So you're riding out the storm. What are you going to be doing during the storm? Well, Mr. Kerry Sanders, who just made a ridiculous experiment in the ocean, yet none of that works at all. You're an idiot. We're going to be coloring the whole time. What about you? What are you going to be doing? Your sister said, I'm an idiot, and we're going to be coloring. We're just going to have fun and just stay there. Great. What about you? And he goes down the line, and the kids say nothing. They don't know what the hell they're going to be doing. They don't know nothing. Then he goes to the mom, and the mom offered um, a reason why she was staying. Remember, thus far, they've told us it is going to be the storm of a lifetime the for those people. Mother of the storms. For, of, of their lifetime. Yes. Lifetime, average lifetime, 75, 76 years. Yes. This is the one for that this area. This is it. And it may be. We don't know. Although it's looking a little, little less likely now. But regardless, they've told them it's going to be that. You've got to evacuate, mandatory evacuations, all of this. Some people decide to stay, which I believe is their, should be their choice. Mm-hmm. The mom offered why she thought it was a good idea to stay. Here it is. Um, from my experience, getting back into town after the storms is very difficult. And knowing that our family and friends and our home are all here, we didn't want to leave them unprotected for a prolonged amount of time. So we are going to try to hold stay it, put. Hold it right there. So... Getting back in is difficult. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people try and get home. You know, see. While you're there, it's going to be difficult leaving your house to go get milk or anything yes, else. But yes. okay, that guess that makes sense. And she doesn't want to leave the family and friends and homes unprotected. Yes. Um, home unprotected. Okay. Family and friends. <laughs> Are you their protector? She's okay. All right. But I get what she's saying. A little more. A little more. Did for a prolonged amount of time, so we are going to try to stay put. And your family is in a brick home. What about your neighbors? Are neighbors staying put? Uh, we have several neighbors staying put. We feel like there is some strength in numbers. We've checked in with one another. and Flag of the play. What are you going to do? You're going to lock on an arm and say, come and get us, Florence. Chris, this is a battle against Mother Nature, and there is strength so in numbers. Mother Listen, Nature vicious. Do you want to go into war with Russia by yourself, or do you want to have some people to get your back? I want some comrades with me. Why? Because there's strength, strength in, numbers, in numbers. Just like when you're battling Mother Nature. No, she's going to blow you away at 130 miles an hour. I don't think it works that way. Uh, it works that way. It's strength <laughs> if in you're numbers. Out there, if you're out there holding, you know, like it's arm to arm, just like, we're going to stay here. That's it. Winds out of 110 miles an hour, you're just going to go, oh, there goes little, uh, little Even Sally. Even though she has numbers? Even though she, she could have the entire damn country holding huh. hand to hand. And if that storm is coming huh. and it wants to blow their house. So you're telling me that the storm, if it had the potential to whoosh, blow away a 200-pound man. Yes. If there's another 200-pound man standing there next to me, it's also going to blow him away. Yes. But what about a 130-pound woman? Oh, it's, it's not even going to even... It's going to... What was that? It's like a stick. But just what if of, we're all out there together? Y'all just go ride the wave. <clears throat> Strength ride, in numbers, Chris. Strength yeah. in numbers. That's going to be a nice gust of wind when you go... Oh, there goes Mary, Sally. Oh, not Emma. We feel like there's strength in numbers. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> With a stretch, I can say maybe she means like surviving after the storm. Okay. 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 If, if, if it's example, that, then yes. I didn't get milk. Okay. But I got eggs. You didn't I get got milk. But, and Steve got bread. Yes. We can all make our French toast together. There's strength yes. in numbers. Yes. Right? Because everyone knows during a storm like this. 
You make French toast. You prepare to make French toast because you go out and get eggs, bread, and milk. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. French toast for everybody. Yes. That's what it is. Maybe that's what she means. It didn't come across that way. No, You're battling the storm. Because he's like, You're in a brick house. How are your neighbors? It's great, but I think there's strength in numbers. And then, by the way, what are you going to put all the houses together? You're going to push the houses together and, and make a wall or We something? know that in more densely populated areas where the houses are close together, the storms just blow right over them. <laughs> oh. No. Just blows, has no effect on them. <laughs> nope. Like, like Houston, densely populated area. Oh. And Harvey just passed right over it. Oh, it did right, pass right, right over, over it, but it destroyed a lot. A lot of stuff there, a lot a of stuff. Lot. Okay, let's finish this up. Back this up, and uh, here we go. Like, there is some strength in numbers. We've checked in with one another, and... Um, we're going to just band together and make band it together. through. Okay, we, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Guys, hang tight to mom. Remember, if you need to get into the interior. back up to Carrie. Carrie is offering her some parting advice here. Yeah. We okay. will not see you ever again. Kids, hold tight to mom. Because <laughs> she's going to blow away, and you want to go with her. And there's strength in numbers, right? <laughs> hold tight. How about stay in the effing house? <laughs> hold tight. And by the way, they weren't smart enough. No, no. I'm not holding on to a damn thing. <laughs> what? But then he offers them a bit of advice about something that they obviously know based yes. on how he said it. Listen. Guys, hang tight to mom. Remember, if you need to get into an interior room in your house, you do that in like oh, the bathroom. Remember, if you need to get into an interior room in your house, you do, you do that. that. Okay, I knew that I, I needed knew, to do yes. this, but I was not I was going not gonna to do, do this. No. Uh, screw that. Interior I'm room. I'm, I actually know I need to do this, but you know. I'm going to go to the exterior you room. You know what? <laughs> Carrie Sanders says we should. We know we need to get into an interior room in the house. I remember, kids, so let's go ahead and do that. Okay, back that up again <laughs> and a little bit more. Here we go get into an interior room in your house you do that in like the bathroom get in the bathtub best of luck thank you all very much so, so there it is <laughs> if you need to get into an interior room of your house then you do that bathtub like for example a bathroom and then you get in the bathtub <laughs> does that still work i don't even know if that's true for hurricanes i don't I know they say that with tornadoes. I think that's more tornado-esque. That's maybe, what I'm saying. I'm not even going to criticize them. Maybe they say that for hurricanes, too. I mean, I don't think so. Because I know when I was a kid in Puerto Rico, every time there was a, a storm, tub, all the time. I think that was more hurt. Maybe I'm wrong. Though. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, I'm assuming the next report he did, he used that same very tub to show you. <laughs> this is a storm surge. This is what it's like. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Quick break. Back with more. The Morning Blaze inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, so now you understand, Chris. In a storm, hold tight to your parents. Yes. That's what you want to do. Strength in numbers, baby. Because strength there are strength in numbers. in numbers. And if you don't, it's going to be bad for you. Hold tight to your parents. 
Strength in numbers in a tub inside room. Just yeah. If you believe that, I'm gonna laugh when you look like a barrel of monkeys just flying off the. A barrel of monkeys. Yeah, when you take them all out, they're holding on. You know, strength in numbers. Yeah, it does not work like that way. You go. Uh, wow, Whee! I don't know how to uh, to say this. I'll just let you know. Um, that was a a black family. No, it was not. It was a and white I'm family. I'm not sure you should be nope. uh, saying that. It was that. Nice try. There's pictures on the screen. I Damn saw. Damn it! There's three girls, all white. I was trying to get and you by to the make way, you you. and by the way, Burn the Monkey is all red. So there's no such thing in comparison to black person. I'm just saying, you got to be careful throwing that around unless nah, you know. I know. You know. I know. I right, get the tweets in with the hashtag What I Learned Today. What is TAC Pack? TAC Pack is. How do you describe it? Go. I describe a tactical box that comes to your mail. Nailed, Nailed it. it. No. Is a monthly subscription box for gun people. How about that? I like that better. I like that better. Now, I love the concept. We love Tack Pack. They had a couple of issues a while ago. They told um, us it overwhelmingly, it. it was still successful. Yes. But there was a couple, and we didn't want to hear any of the failures because this is one of those tricky things. Yes. And uh, ultimately, they got it together and said, okay, we're back. We're, uh, we're crushing it again. Ready to go. So we said, all right, we'll do your commercials. Let us know if there's any problems, and we'll make sure to uh, that they're they're taking care of business. And as, as an audience said. member, let us know as well. <clears throat> yeah, just go ahead and tweet mm-hmm. us. Listen, if you just didn't happen to like a pack or something, well, I wanted the, the black grip, not the gray one or something. You know what? Just stop. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking if they're not fulfilling their duties as described by, you know, by the commercials and that. But so far, so good. Tack Pack is in Tactical Package. TackPack.com, that monthly subscription box for gun people that have really, really cool things. What makes this work, though, overwhelmingly, that even if you have a problem, you know, I wanted the gray grip, not the brown grip, or you have a problem with it, it's month by month. There's no contract. So you're done when you want to be done. You want to be done now? Be done now. Cancel. You want to sign up for a month and quit? Cancel. Good. And then come back two months later, stay Done. on for three months, you can do on again, off again, do Your whatever choice. you want with this stuff, mm-hmm. which actually is probably the way to do this too, where you say, um, uh, I'm having uh, you know some challenges financially in my life or we're going on vacation, so I don't have the money. This is one of those things. It's, it's one of those um, luxury items or, mm-hmm. or um, discretionary spending that you could say, I'm not going to go ahead and have this month. Sign up for four or five months. It's a great gift as well because you could sign somebody up and say, I'm going to take care of your first two months. It's $49.95 a month, but the value is always significantly over $100, usually $150 in each pack. A variety of things, all kinds of things that are tactical. And from names you know, like Nine Line, Strike Industries, Gerber, 511, a tactical, Magpul, all of these, and many more. It's tactical stuff. So you could say for a Christmas present or a birthday present, a present, I signed you up and you got two months of tack pack. They get two gifts. That extends their birthday over 60 days. And then afterwards, they can keep it going or cancel. It's a great gift. Tackpack.com. Sign up today. Get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Gail says they do say get in the top for hurricanes, but only when the hurricane has spawned a tornado. But this only works if you have a cast iron tub. But nothing with so fiberglass. So a plastic pieces. tub just during high winds from a hurricane and storm surge. Not, not going to do anything. That's nope. a fail. Yep. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Just in case you haven't heard, we are the number seven ranked show among Filipino tilt-a-roll operators. So, there you have it. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Interesting. All right. <clears throat> Had uh, a bunch of people asking me um, questions about um, some tweets that I had yesterday. Where people are like, hey, what's going on with the whatever? Um, still not at full liberty to explain everything that's happened, but um, I got some big things happening. We'll have some announcements coming soon, some really cool things that uh, I'm getting involved in. And uh, that's all I can say, but likely within a couple of weeks. <clears throat> cool. I'm going to go ahead and say two. I have to make a couple of trips and take care of some things and have some meetings or whatever, but yesterday was a really good day. You don't get those very often. There's been a lot of stress in that. So just for the people who are wanting to know, yes, amazing things coming up. Lots of good. More good good than bad. And I may need your help. Good. Not yours, theirs. I can't count on you. Good. And Chris has a lot of good stuff coming up. I do. Wow. Okay. Maybe it's not that good. What I got coming up? You're getting married? Oh, yeah. It's my second one. And? I would have been through this. Wow, I'm not sure if I was your bride, I would. Uh, oh, and I, I know she's that. watching too. Huh? And I know she's watching too. Yeah, you might want to say uh, you're uh, excited about this. Oh, this no, I'm not saying I'm not excited, but. <clears throat> but what? T- wow. You. But what? You are also on your second marriage. Were you excited as. I was more excited. How were you more excited? It's the I same just, thing. You just married a, a, a person. <clears throat> There's nothing there. Uh, just a person. You just, what did you marry? A flutter crab or something? No, not just a person. A person, amazing person. Okay, but you just married them and then what? what's next? No, listen, I was, and I, I'm not even giving the business here. I was far happier, not even close, more excited mm-hmm. getting married the second time. First time was like, oh, okay, this is great. I was happy, thought I was okay. happy at the time. Um, second time I just, um, it was finally right. And you just kind of know the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you say the same thing about her? Oh, of course. Okay. So you should be more excited, but it's just <clears throat> not, but I'm helping you out here. I'm helping I know you, you dig you, out you, of you're something. Trying to help I'm me helping. Out, it's just wedding. You know, you walk up, you walk down, boom, you're done. You're just going to keep digging that hole. You're just going to dig, dig, dig that hole deeper and deeper. What? Okay. Yes, it's exciting to get married. Okay. But. No. But. No. It's your second one. What else? Okay, two people living together. You make kids. You live happily ever after. Okay. Because you actually like her. Because she's more enjoyable. She's fun. You get along. She's amazing. She's beautiful. For now. She's. Whoa. Okay, I'm going to stop because the more I try to help you, the more you just no, dig deeper. Think, okay, so you're telling me that you got married and everything is, you know, happy ever after. No, I'm saying it's right and better than it was the first time. And therefore, I was more excited. Okay, but don't you have those days where you're like, oh, man, <clears throat> married, getting um, older. Getting older, those are two separate things. And it's like, oh, am I happy? Am I really happy? No, I'm really happy. In fact, if there's anything wrong in our marriage, I already know it's my fault. Mm. Yeah, I can't live like that because I know it's not my fault. See, 
you didn't learn from the first marriage. When you just accept that it's your fault as a Wait man, a minute, as no. the husband, then your life is going to be much, much better. Yeah, but I didn't know anything. See, the reason I'm saying this is because my wife is listening. Mm. See, that just helps out. It's mm. not really my fault. Mm. But in case you listen. See, that's the difference between you and me. You play the game. I don't play the game. <clears throat> And I noticed that yesterday in a, in a couple of times, like, well, she will ask me a question. Does this work on me? No. Take it off. That's just not just not. No, I'm honest with my wife about stuff oh, like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. My wife knows. Oh, when she's like getting all like lovey-dovey watching a movie and I'm like, can you just sit the other thing? Can you just go? Like, Oh, you're that person. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually, I'll tell my wife. I'll. She asked my opinion on stuff. She never takes it. But I mean, I'll give her a straight opinion, you know, and then I even actually will go shopping with her from time to time Oh, for her. Yeah. Nice. But it's only because she needs me to hunt through the sale racks faster than she can. Find yeah. me this in gold and a size two, right? Or whatever. <laughs> All right. Yes, ma'am. I'm yeah, on but, it. But, uh, <clears throat> final. And, uh, and we could move on after this. It's just. It's, I'm not sure I want to. I'm enjoying this more than it, I thought I would. It's, uh, it's your second marriage. What is like your first one? It's like, boom. There it is, and getting married. Second one, it's like, okay, let's see if this one works. Let's see if this. <laughs> let's see if this. You're not putting money on the hard eight, hoping a double fours <laughs> roll up. Well, that's what I'm hoping. I, listen, I put money on the hard eight. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, then you know what? It's not like when you hired Mordecai and you were like, I don't know. We can always fire him in a couple of days. Let's see if it works out. <laughs> Might be a little more significant than that. Okay. Just saying. All right. Well, I think uh, Autumn is uh, spectacular. I think she is a beautiful and wonderful and smart and fun woman. Agreed. And, uh, well, I wish her the best. It takes big cojones to just be with me, so. Okay, good. Let's just move. I just found it interesting. Um, Unbroken Path to Redemption opens this weekend. Make sure to. Friday. Is it? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Uh, and this is nationwide release. Yes, nationwide release by the people that brought you, you know, uh, Pure Flix Entertainment. It's amazing uh, company that we're going to talk to them also. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the concept of the movie because I love the first movie so much. And before you see it, you need to see the first one. Yes, Unbroken I saw this a- one. But I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Unbroken, you will if you haven't seen the original movie, watch it as well. It's, it was directed by Angelina Jolie. It tells the story of Louis Zamperini and how he was a prisoner of war. And it's such an amazing story. There are some scenes in it that are that are forever burned in my brain. How yeah. many times are you saying that about a movie, right? And it's just great story. Well, I didn't realize it, but <clears throat> there's a lot more to the story. Yeah. Louis later on in life had to deal with all of the crap that, I mean, unbroken is about being unbroken, surviving against all of those odds to survive against all of that, right? Yeah. And, okay, great, you survived. What did you have to do? Well, a lot of times to survive what he did, it's about being angry and frustrated and hate. It gets you through. Yeah. Great, you survived. Now you got to rebuild a life. And all you are is pissed off. Yes. Angry. Yes. Hurt. Frustrated. Angry, yeah. And, and it's funny because Luis Amperini, he's a World War II vet, a POW, Olympic runner, and then after all this stuff happens, an evangelist. Right. And ironic, the name is kind of ironic when you think about it. 
Because the first movie, he was unbroken. It did not break him or his spirit. He survived. He was unbroken. The problem is he was broken. When you survive something like this, your your ability to function as a normal human being is broken. And that's that's where unbroken uh, path to redemption comes in. Because it picks up after you return home. And how do you survive something like this? Well, what gets you through is salvation and forgiveness. And it chronicles his path saying, I'm going to have to forgive and how do I get through? And it's not just entertainment. That's good enough by itself, certainly. But maybe it'll help you through some of the things that you're struggling with. Get through some of the struggles and monuments and hurdles that you have to get up and through and around to say, you know what? Maybe if Louie did it, I can do it as well. It opens this weekend. It's called uh, Unbroken Path to Redemption. There's more info at unbrokenfilm. Unbrokenfilm.com. You can find the cast, the filmmakers, learn more about everybody. Uh, Will Graham plays Billy Graham in the movie. And he's the grandson of Billy Graham. Think about that. So wait a minute. So he had, as part of his path, dealings with Billy Graham? He dealt, yes. Oh, he was California-based too. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't even know it. That's pretty cool. That's interesting stuff. Anyways, look for it this weekend. I think you'll be pretty happy. Let's get some tweets in with the hashtag. What I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Uh, you got a lot of people saying that I'm just digging myself, but uh, you got Doctor Rocky saying, "Gee, now I know why Chris is once divorced." <laughs> uh, Crusader Volume saying, uh, "Says size two on radio. See Chris." Doc is smart man. No, 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 no. I don't think about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Laura D saying, oh my gosh, Chris, so many words. Stop worrying and put your wedding gown on. Uh, Brian, after the wedding, Chris needs to invest in a comfortable couch. I would have that. Speaking Doc saying, wow, Chris Cruz sounds like his feet are getting a little chilly. Oh, I'm not cold feet. What are you talking about? Milano Falcon saying, I damn near ran off the road when Chris said, yeah, for now. <laughs> it's well, true. Here's it the thing. It's true. Here's the thing about Chris. And I mean, I was obviously agging him on here because I know it's pushing buttons yes. and it's just going to come across wrong. Yes. So it makes me makes me laugh. Um, I, I know how Chris feels about Autumn. Uh, and I know what Chris is thinking. Chris also downplays stuff like this. Yes. This is not the type of thing Chris gets <clears throat> giddy. giddy about. You did not get jitty about these. This <laughs> I know. Chris is excited, and it's also Chris has a certain practicality to things as well. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's just an interesting cat when it comes to yeah, stuff. yeah. And as uh, for example, but I know it's going to come across wrong. That's the reason. I yes. Say uh, B from the SAVC saying first marriage he knew nothing. Second marriage he knows less. He knows less. <laughs> Uh, TJ Topping saying, Doc, stop. Chris is doing it right. Keep expectations low. Hard to be disappointed when your bar is low. TJ Topping got my back. And Chris does play that game. Absolutely. And does with Autumn as well. I know. (laughs) Keep the expectations low, which is ironic because just knowing you, um, I would assume that she automatically has low expectations. Well, duh. Hello. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's nothing else here. Uh, constitutional drawing saying, Autumn, yes, Chris, let me uh, let me help you in this hole. It's for you. Huh? Help me. Oh, yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me help let you. Let me help you in the hole. That's huh? right. Get in the hole, Chris. 
Hmm. Uh, the wilderness child saying Chris is only mildly excited to marry his future ex-wife. Wow! Yeah, you're wow, right. That is plain. Mm-hmm. That is good. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, good... a thinker. I mean, that made me think. Yep. 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 Uh, no, I mean you are excited. It's just a uh, different kind of excitement. Is that yes? Okay, I yes. gotcha. All right. So I live in Arkansas. I'm in no. Arkansas at this point, and. There's a guy who, if I understand this, mm-hmm. his name is James Clark, and he is running for Congress in Arkansas. Okay? So state. Oh, no. You say Congress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what it is. He um, is the namesake, his, I think, grandfather or great-grandfather, one of the two. It was a an Arkansas governor. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, he's related to the guy and um, running for office. The thing is, uh, there's a statue of his uh, grandfather, Fa- great grandfather, yeah, whatever it is. Family member. In Statuary Hall in Washington, cool. D.C. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because, you know, every state gets to submit two statues to Statuary Hall. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Have you ever yes, been in the Capitol yeah. building? Yeah. They do. And they move these things in and out. And they're all like uh, statues of somebody standing up. And they're people from your state. See, the problem is the grandfather uh, was a known racist. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. So now you have this uh, this known racist there. And this guy's running for office. <sighs> That's going to be really awkward. bad for you, isn't it? It's going to be a little awkward. Yeah. That's, yeah just a little bit awkward. That's, Especially in today's world. Right. So now you have, uh, okay, are we going to remove the statue? Because we're not just removing them off of buildings and no. parks and everything. They've got to come out of Statuary yes. Hall. Yes. So if they remove this one in, in Statuary Hall, this former governor, do you have to remove Thomas Jefferson's? If you put it, if you want to say consistent, yes, sir. Washington. Yep. Even, don't you remember even uh, President Trump talked about this? He brought it up and we were like, if you want to say consistent. And, and, yeah, and the people on the left poo-pooed it. Yeah. Oh, how you do it? There's, no, you're the no. ones who, in fact, who've told us yes. that remind us constantly that Washington and Adam or Jefferson owned slaves, right? So it brings us up all the time. So here's, they've taken it a step farther. The possibility of removing this statue from Statuary Hall because the guy was a racist. Um, where do you stop? If they do this, where do you go? What happens next? So there's actually um, a uh, state senator who suggested that we have a conversation of whether or not this guy should be replaced. Wow. So what do you think? Um, we have, we have to weigh everything they've done. Okay. I think that's where we're at with all of this. And what are the claims of him being a racist? Like what, what, what is I think he may the have definition been, of him being a racist? And I don't know everything he did. Um, he was the 18th governor of Arkansas. Okay. Um, and he had a controversial history that included defending white supremacy okay. as a doctrine of the Democrat party of the day. Hmm. And he was the, um, you know, separate but equal segregationist. The races shouldn't mix all this. There's also another 
uh, person um, that he suggested removing Uriah Rose from the Rose Law Firm. Rose Law Firm, Hillary Clinton, Bill, oh, whatever, remember the yeah, Rose Law yeah, Firm yeah, they had yeah, deal yeah, with? He was also yep. a founding member of the Bar Association, whatever. But he said, should we remove him as well? So That's true. What are you going to do with this? So the cat is pretty obviously a racist when it comes to this stuff. If, if you do this, are you prepared to remove everybody else? It has to be in total. What is the weight? What, what did they do? Add it all up. Okay. I think that's where you have to, and then the you have to weigh the bad too. So how gi- bad is the bad? How good is the good? And then put them all together. Give me an example of a statue that you know. Not, uh, what could a person have done to be removed from a statue place like this? Well, um, I would think. I mean, if you this guy's a white supremacist. I mean, okay. he supported all this stuff. So that's one thing. Um, and I don't know all the specifics, yeah, 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 but let's yeah, say he yeah. had a lot of those things. Okay. And d- does anybody know uh, James Paul Clark? How many people even in Arkansas know James Paul Clark, uh, the 18th governor from <laughs> 100 years ago? How many people know him? That is no one's going to know him. That is true. So no one knows who he is. He was a governor. How much good? Did he, did he write the Constitution? Did he out there fight for mm. all of this other great stuff? No, I mean, he may have done some good as governor, but here you are with the races. That's something that's probably have to go. Meanwhile, you'll take Washington, the guy do some good, right? Yeah. Commanding general of the Revolutionary Army, right? Yep. Um, you've got uh, first president, and you go down the list of all the stuff he did versus what racist things did he did. He owned slaves. Mm-hmm. Was there any, right? I mean, same thing yeah. with Jefferson. Exactly. But they're not going to do that. No. This is another shot across the bow. Here's what's coming. You're going to start with these. It's far from over when it comes to the statues. It really is the whitewashing of history, ironically. Those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. And to tell you about Tack Pack, Tack Pack is such a cool pack. Love it, love it, love it. Um, did we get the most recent one in? Uh, yes, we did. And? Um uh, Mordecai and myself divided it up. Where's my cut? There was no gloves. I want more than just gloves. Uh, that's the only thing you have taken out of all the boxes. Every time they have a glove, you take the gloves. So I thought I did those- once because you guys got to all the other ones. Not every time. One time I took gloves because that's all that was left. It was like gloves, a couple stickers, you guys taking the other, and you're like, all that you've taken every time. And the other times, I never see the tack pack. By the way, I have three knives now. Oh, you son of a biscuit eater. <clears throat> I want a knife. Give me a good knife. Okay. Tackpack.com. That's it. I'm, you know what? I'm not waiting for you. I'm going to go ahead and order. Tackpack.com. Order it today at tackpack.com. It's a monthly subscription box for gun people. Each month, you will receive a curated package that contains items like an AR, uh, AR-15 gear, tactical gear, um, names you know. These are top brands like 511 Tactical, uh, CRKT, Strike Industries, Gerber. Oh, this is another good knife. Look at this. Okay, you could have sharp. that one. That you could have that one. What's the other one? If you're giving me this one, which yeah. is nice, but that means you the other one's one. better. You have that oh, one. you... I need to see it. Okay. Tackpack.com. You can cancel anytime you want. You will love it. Just order $49.95 each and every month, but you can cancel whenever. And every month you get a tactical box of stuff that is valued between $100 and $150 minimum. Sign up today. Cancel at any time at tackpack.com. You are listening to the smooth sounds of the morning blaze with Doc Thompson. On the blaze, 
The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the Morning Blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned the TDS Hollywood triumphant is Deborah Messing, Kathy Griffin, and Chelsea Handler. (laughs) We learned from the Washington Post, Trump has no effect on the economy, but can control the weather. Uh, He knows a Jew. We learned how to spot Trump derangement syndrome. How? Gaping bullet wounds in your extremities and <laughs> actress on actress violence. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's Chris good, Cruz, good. what if anything did you learn today? Well, due to a Trump presidency, we see an increase in cat fights. Cat fight. Cat fight. Cat uh, fight. A hundred bucks is the going rate for cleaning a self-inflicted twenty-two gunshot wound. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, twenty-two. And <laughs> and coming to a theater near you, the trio: Kathy Griffin, Deborah Messing, and Chelsea Handler. That's a basket full of fun right that there. That is. All right, there we got uh, Kirk Jones, Spin of the Dials Radio Style, Berkeley Studios, Dallas, Texas. What, if anything, did you learn today? I learned today that the people of North Carolina think they can play Red Rover with a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Red Rover? But hang on, let me get some more people. They're strength in numbers. What, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Uh, constitutional drunk saying, Doc's invisible challenge prank victims. Skip Lacombe, Cal, Lawrence, Tommy, Brad Staggs. Matt saying what I learned today, North Carolina is the first in flight because they couldn't actually get it to fly in Ohio. Ohio wasn't conducive to flights. Conducive. Conducive to flight, might you say. Yes, because it was winter time at the time. Professional tilt work uh tilt pull tilt puller saying how much you know how much stuff cost back then in 18, 1918? How much? Twenty cents, same as downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen English saying, if I was a reporter, I would have told the mom, don't worry about giving those kids a bath because they'll just wash up to shore. They'll just wash up on shore. This is good. No problem. Yeah, you don't have to clean them up. We the Jackals say, when you shoot yourself in protest, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. That's not how you do it. And Constitutional Drunk saying, Doc's impression of a kid sounds like an eight-year-old girl smoking pack of camels unfiltered. Yeah, I guess... I love smoking camel unfiltered, just like grandma. (laughs) Hey, I didn't get those new numbers on procrastination. I can just do them tomorrow. What else do we have coming up tomorrow? Friday leftover, and you will find out how much a floor shark costs you. I think I know. Say it with me. What is Glenn have coming up on his show? He's going to talk about the Harvey Weinstein video with two of the victims. And what is Glenn wearing? A barrel. Huh. Remember, the Morning Blaze is today a Chris Cruz production. Six Semper Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever Wherever you are. are. Anya, now you go home. More to time. Sorry, we didn't mean to offend you. Actually, yeah, we did. This is the Morning Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.